0: As you guys may or may not know, taking care of your teeth is pretty darn important. And our friends over at Green Mountain Dental Group are giving away a free Sonicare toothbrush when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. That's right. All you got to do is take care of your teeth, and Green Mountain Dental will hand over a free Sonicare toothbrush. Check them out today online or call 303-988-0711 to schedule your appointment today. Let's jump into the show.
1: going a perfect stranger as they become a friend having a good time
2: when the orange
1: and blue WIN and in every day with good folks and D N V R
0: Welcome in to the D N V R Broncos podcast presented by StravaCraft Coffee make sure you use that code D N V R 20 when you order your rich tasty cbd infused coffee it'll help you with that morning jolt but it'll also help you with those everyday aches and pains well boys for the first time in a long time we are completing a full week of the power trio all together it feels good we
2: are you are
0: well we are <laughs> as a trio you can't you can't have a <laughs>
2: trio without me Unless we count uh, my dog showing up as part of the trio,
3: <laughs> well, I'm happy that you're here, Ryan. Made it all week. We made it all week. How about that? Feels and-
0: good. I f- I feel like yesterday. Well, I I don't feel like it. I just saw the response yesterday. was a it was a classic. It was a classic episode. It was one of the ones people always remember. The Pop Tart episode. <laughs> the, the, the three hour Pop Tart
3: episode.
2: I feel a little guilty now breaking this up by going back to my parents' place down in uh, down in Florida. To use as a base of operations to go watch Shrine Bowl practices next week. I know, I know. Yeah.
0: Well, all it took us was four days in a row to get into a real group, yeah. so we'll get it, we'll get it back. <laughs> um, not a lot of Broncos news out there today, as you might imagine. Which is crazy. I I don't know what to do with
3: myself. Like, not I. I'm just so used to every off season having to be by my phone for something to go down and multiple things to go down. It's
0: bizarre, this thing called stability, I think. I I feel it. You know how people say like, oh my God, this experience is taking years off my life? Yeah. I feel like this experience is adding years (laughs) to my life. (laughs) Uh, Like I feel just really healthy. Yeah. Not having to worry about taking a shower that some news about the coaching (laughs) search might break.
3: As a reporter, I don't know how to handle myself. It's fantastic. I have anxiety for the lack of anxiety. Oh, that's a problem.
1: Yeah.
2: <laughs> I'm She's a li- doctor. <laughs> I'm a little surprised that there have been no changes anywhere on the staff to this point. Vic wasn't lying. I think they just.
0: I think they really believe in the in the stability, and I think there is something to be said for that. Now, do I disagree with the Tom McMahon thing? Um, Yes, as much as I think Tom McMahon's an entertaining person, <laughs> I don't think he has done a great job at his job. But we also talked about this. Maybe they looked at who was going to be out there, and they didn't like it. Although, uh, now you've got Bones Fossil out there. Is he Has he already been swooped up?
3: Don't think so, no. Yeah,
0: that... You can have Tom McMahon as a think, name.
3: Tom McMahon or Bones
0: Fossil. I think someone was rumored... I, I oh, want to say the Cowboys, right?
2: He, the, he did get hired by the Cowboys. Okay, yeah. So that's so, over.
0: That's the one that I would have said, like, that's a no-brainer. you got to take him. He has awesome fake punts.
2: Um, But As opposed to the fake punts of Tom McMahon.
0: I think we're just 0 for 1 here in Denver. But he had the
2: worst one of all time in Indianapolis.
0: Yep,
3: yep. Wasn't it the Cardinals that ran the best fake punt near the end of the season? I think it was. That's the guy you should swoop up if you're into fake punts.
0: Yeah, and also uh, Fossil in week 17, had Sean McVeigh yelling at him, what the F are you doing <laughs> off of one of his fakes. Yeah. So not everyone's perfect. And speaking of coaches yelling the F word, <laughs> did you see the video that came out today of what Drew Locke did to poor Bill O'Brien in Houston? He broke him.
3: Bill lost his mind. And it's easy to get under his skin, apparently.
0: Really easy. And this is now payback for what what Bill said about Vance. Both times it was him cursing, but uh, (laughs) Drew Drew got him back. Yes, he did. So if you haven't seen it, a a fan merely yells, you suck, at Bill O'Brien, which like, really? That's all it takes to get you? And he... You (laughs) suck. (laughs) It was a deep-throated,
3: loud, (laughs) you suck. I'll give him that. It reminded but, me of uh, of something from The Princess Bride, you know when he when he's rolling down the hill. Have you guys seen Princess Bride? I have not. Yes. Oh, you haven't. Nope. Look at this. I got to bask in this moment. You should take. I've it. seen a classic that you haven't seen. Zach is aware this? of the 1980s. This feels
0: good. I'm. I. I, I am. Yes. It's, oh, that's a movie good. from the 1980s. 1986, uh, I believe. I would have guessed like 2004.
2: <laughs> it, it gives itself away in that regard because in the wraparound scenes in the present. Uh, the kid played by Fred Savage, who was later the star of the Wonder Years, another television of course, show yes. from back in the day. Nope. W- w- is wearing a Bears Walter Payton jersey. Right. Yeah.
0: So wait, let me. Is the Princess Bride kind of like um, Monty Python style humor?
3: No, no, okay. no. no, no. I, I wasn't
0: a big fan of Monty or, or of uh, of that humor. Really? Yeah. I
3: just didn't just didn't click
0: with me. I think I watched it at the right age mm, yeah. where just like that type of humor is hilarious. And right. it, and then it just stays right. hilarious to you forever. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyways, you're talking about the princess bride. I think I was done talking about the you princess You said, Pride. no, you were, you were oh,
3: setting yeah, up yeah, oh, No. He, he gets pushed down a mountain and I think he says, what does he say? I, Love you, something like that. But, anyways, it sounds like you suck. Oh, like, and it's like
0: echoing. And, and
3: especially because Bill O'Brien was walking in the tunnel, so it kind of echoed.
0: So, the payoff here is that it took a long time for us to get here. Bill <laughs> O'Brien turns around to the guy and says, You suck too, mf'er. FU, 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 F-U MFR, MFR, MFR. And to the point where like someone <laughs> and, else, and he, can...
3: he has turned around to this point and he's double birding. DeAndre Hopkins <laughs> is trying to pull him away.
0: And you can hear someone in the back. You're like, coach, coach, coach. coach. That, that's the part that knocked me out. Is,
2: coach, coach. No, no. So, so tip of the cap to the magnificent so-and-so who leaked this film because it's security camera footage. Yeah, someone who doesn't like Bill O'Brien, which, <laughs> yeah.
0: based on the way that he acts, I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't like him. I'm sure a lot of people have, have got the MF
3: from him before. It doesn't seem like it's too difficult to get. Right. You just cross him in the hall. Hey, Bill, good morning.
0: What was you the know, score? What of, are you doing? Yeah, what was the score of this at this point? 37 3. At halftime? 31 31, 3. 31 3. Okay. 28 points. Yeah. You imagine he was in a bad mood. But
2: how cool would it have been if, instead of doing this, if the fan had said that and he'd say it and he said something like, Hey, today, you're right. I do suck. He he
0: calmly walks over.
3: You know what? You're right. You're right. I do suck.
0: (laughs) You just walk away. How many people in history have dealt with worse heckling than you suck and just kept walking. Oh, my God.
3: You you can't imagine this is the first time someone said you suck to a coach walking in to, to the locker room at halftime or at the end of a game.
2: Someone probably said that to him after one of their playoff losses at home over the years, too. Couldn't have said it last week. Certainly not. They got lucky. Buffalo took their foot off the gas pedal, driving late in the first half, settled for a field goal. And then the officials chose not to punish stupidity on the opening kickoff of the second half. Yep. I'm not to blame the refs guy, but I think they got that one wrong.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, they certainly did. They certainly did.
2: Okay, so we've got that
0: covered. That was uh, item one of Broncos news for the day. The other one is, did you see um, Emmanuel Sanders trying to defend his... What's Emmanuel doing? Well, Emmanuel has everyone right where he wants them, and so they'll believe anything he says.
3: Why? Why is he? Doesn't he play a playoff game in two sure days? Does.
0: Yes, he sure does.
3: Why is he going on with Denver media, which he has moved on from? Why is he
2: coming on during a playoff week? Do well, this.
3: Do this next week after you lose this weekend. They
2: they were working their way around with former Broncos around the NFL because they also had Wesley Woodyard from the Titans. Uh, oh, that's on. the same. Qu- what are you doing? Just wait till next week when you're done. How do you? What do you mean they're done? I mean Sanders doesn't believe he's going to be done. Okay, then wait till a month, but he's going to be done. No one believes they're going to be done. Can't wait for our
1: picks. (laughs) Zach
0: very
2: clearly does. Um, I mean, no one with those teams believes they're going to be done. That's the thing.
3: Okay, well then wait for a month from now. I mean, hey, great on the fan for getting these guys on. I think it's fantastic that they were able to get former players on that are playing a game. And are you kidding me? You bring Emmanuel Sanders on to talk. I mean, what did he expect when I saw that he was going to be on the fan? Did I think it was going to be all roses and sunshine about him talking about the Broncos? No, I saw that from a mile away. Yeah, so
0: just to summarize here, uh, Emmanuel Sanders went on and was talking, was propping up his experience in San Francisco, essentially saying like, man, I walked in my first day in meetings. They were bumping uh, hip-hop music um kyle shanahan walked in wearing yeezys everyone was on their phones doing whatever they want and i was like wow this is crazy and then he went on to say you know that's one of my problems with this league some places like this they treat you like adults other places they treat you like kids other places like
2: pittsburgh denver (laughs) the only two other places he's been does
3: he even remember his time back in pittsburgh that's the thing it's like so obvious, exactly and that's
0: what that's why i wanted to bring this up because i was like do not fall for him coming (laughs) on social media and being like i should have known that the big bad media would have taken me out of context that is such a bs cop out like you took a subtle little shot own up to it but no now he's got broncos fans tweeting at him like At Emmanuel Sanders, we loved you. Why you got to take a shot at us like this? (laughs) Now I'm rooting against you. Blah blah. He's like, oh man, I got to go do damage control. What do I do? Blame the media for twisting my words. Like, no, his words were not twisted. Nikki is the one who tweeted this out. She wrote the. She she took the time to transcribe the entirety of the point. So nothing was taken out of context. It was actually put in all of the context possible, and. This I, I cannot stand when someone messes up, I guess, I'm putting that in parentheses, and then has to pull the, oh, I was taken out of context card, which is just garbage.
3: Yesterday, I said that, you know, Phil and Cortland aren't the biggest fans of the media. I don't think it's too difficult to draw the line of where they got this from. Yeah. In terms of not, you know... "Quote unquote," trusting the media. The media did nothing wrong here, but what do you think about what he said?
0: Um, I think that the I think that those type of things are earned. I think that that is a privilege. It's exactly what I was going to say. Remember, just one almost one year ago to the day today, we were talking to Shelby Harris and, Drew, and Derek Wolfe right after Vic Fangio had been hired, and they were like, "Man, I'm sick of people." showing up late to meetings. I'm sick of guys, you know, not paying attention. They were embracing the death by inches thing because it had gone so far the other way. So lenient that they felt, they felt it was hurting the team. I think that if a team is, is doing well and they're not having any issues with showing up late to meetings or being on their phones and meetings and all that stuff, then you can lax the rules on this stuff. and, And you can be that way, but the Broncos were, aren't in that position right now, and they haven't been for a while. And look, last year, the, when
3: the Broncos hired Vic Fangio, he came in to restore um, what was going on and what needed to happen in an NFL organization. So he was tough. And uh, when Emmanuel left here, what what was the Broncos' record when they traded Emmanuel? Two and five. So they were two and five coming off a six and ten season, coming off a five and eleven season. Things were not going right, so things needed to be done differently, and that's what Vic was doing. And what was the record of the 49ers when he was traded there? When he walked in and describes this scene when he walks into the building. Were they undefeated? I don't think they had a loss yet. Yeah. I think 7-0, and 8-0, something like that. Pretty darn good. A very different building you're walking into. Do you think it would have been described in Sunshine and Roses last year when the 49ers are you know let's say he's traded there and they're one and seven or something like that maybe kyle shanahan still has some of the same philosophies but it's probably not as jubilant and great of an environment to be in even if kyle shanahan is wearing yeezys and stuff like that and in fact then that could be flipped on the opposite let's say emmanuel was traded from there last year he would have said and guys were just given too much leeway there. Look, we're one and seven, and people are on their phones in meetings, and there's music going on, a lot of distractions happening. So it's just it's the way you look at it. And let's say he comes here last year, and Vic is here, and the Broncos are are seven and zero when he's traded here. He, he would say, "Look, I treat you know, it, Vic has this team in line. He runs that's a tight why, ship. right. That's why everyone's
0: focused and everything's on the right path. So it just." The Broncos needed this this year. It's I mean, it goes into most things in life. I just think the 49ers they're playing well. They're not having any issues in meetings. They're doing things the right way. They earned that. Like as long as you don't abuse these opportunities, then you can run things that way. As we learned last year, the Broncos weren't acting that way. They were having trouble with meetings. They were having trouble with that sort of stuff. It, It is just all a matter of perspective. And, I think if you brought this whole thing up to Vic, he would 100% say, yeah, I think every everyone thinks everything is better when you're winning. Right.
2: And some players can handle failure and frustration and all that better than others. And it's pretty clear to see, just take the wide receivers, for example. Demarius Thomas, was he frustrated? Yes. But was he a problem in the locker room in – 2017? No. Early in 2018? No. And he goes to the Jets, and that team is crap this past year, but he's not making waves. Whereas Emmanuel Sanders, he is the type that if things are going wrong and he's not getting the ball. See, when the team was losing and he was getting the ball, he was okay. If the team is losing and he's not getting the ball, then he's not getting anything, and he's frustrated with that. So... (sighs) <sighs> it's just, it's his personality. It's who he is. He, and, and teams that may look at him being on the free agent market because if the 49ers don't re-sign him, he will be available. The caveat emptor on him is going to be that if you're not a winner and you don't get him the ball, he's going to be, dare I say, a locker room cancer.
3: Right, right. And uh, obviously I just defended – kind of where the Broncos are and defended against what Emmanuel Sanders said. But when, when Emmanuel said this, it did made me, make me think, is Vic's grind going to get too much if he keeps this up? And will he change it? Or is he going to continue this grind? And what I mean by the grind is no music. During practice, obviously, Emmanuel cared about that, but Emmanuel's not the only one. A lot of players probably like to have the music going on and the dancing uh, in practice, especially during training camp. And the two and a half hour long practices during camp, those things... Are absolutely a grind. And, and I'm sure those aren't the only two things. There's probably no. things in meetings and things that go on. And then you look at the opposite. I mean, you look at San Francisco. They were having what, like just over hour-long practices in training camp, and there was music going on. And we they have a saw a DJ. Yeah, and, and we saw right in front of us, Ryan, they're they're breaking huddles in 8 a.m. in training camp like uh like it is right before the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. There was so much energy. And, again, I'm not saying one's right or wrong at certain times, but I really do wonder and am afraid that this grind from Vic, if it goes on year and year and year, is going to be an issue.
2: It'll be an issue if you don't win. If you get positive results because of the grind, most players are going to understand and accept it, especially when the previous two years had been subpar. Thus, I think Vic Fangio will probably have a smoother camp next year. Even if it grinds the way this past training camp did, it'll be smoother because at least players that are returning can see some tangible progress from what they did. So, whereas I- when Emmanuel uh, left, I mean they're, they're two and five. They they're in the world of suck. They're going nowhere and it would be understandable if any player looked at where the team stood and said, yeah, what, what's the point of all this? What's the point of going without music at practice? What's the point of having these grueling two-and-a-half-hour practices because we're not going anyplace? So I think
0: there's a couple ways that Vic Fangio can look at his approach and how it worked. He can look at it uh, the negative way, which is, man, I really ground those guys down, and then we came out super weak, and we went 0-4. Or he can look at it as, man, I really built up those guys in their stamina and their strength and their conditioning, and then when everyone else was tired at the end of the season, we were built to play late, and we went four and one at the end of the year. I don't. I think he's actually going to make some adjustments. Um, I don't think he's going to be quite as much of a hard you know what going into next year. I think he is going to maybe take it back to two-hour practices a little bit. Maybe there's um, music allowed in special teams periods or something along those lines. Um, I think he's going to make a few adjustments. But I, I, I will say I actually probably lean towards the former, which is that they were really worn down, and I don't think that's the reason why they lost those games. But I don't think it helped them that some of these other teams were a lot more fresh than them to start the season.
2: Are you guys familiar with the Junction boys? No. Okay. Bear Bryant, before he was a legendary coach at Alabama, he'd already succeeded elsewhere including at Texas A&M. But his first summer practice regiment at, che- at Texas A&M, it was and actually it was so grueling that it was eventually made into a movie. He was you know trying to make a point to his players and so he intentionally practiced them to an extreme level in extreme heat over 100 degrees. When when was this? 1954. <laughs> okay, there you go. The whole he started out with over 100 players on the roster reportedly, although some say it was less than 100. By the end, there were only 38 players. And the team was actually struggled that year. But then the following year, having weeded out those who couldn't handle it, Texas A&M went 7-2-1, and, and most of the guys on that team credit that 10-day camp with setting the tone for what followed. My point being, maybe that first camp was the Junction boys send the message about what level we expect from you guys. Obviously, with fortunately, we know more about dealing with heat stroke, That sort of thing to where you're not going to be pressing guys when it's 100 degrees outside. But I think to some degree this was his Junction Boys camp. Oh, it's it's interesting. But Mace, that was 65
3: years ago. We know things are like so different in terms of in terms of. But relative
2: to this era, that was a grueling camp. Okay. Okay. well, Well. Well. Really quick
3: that would take adjustment then he would have to adjust this year in order to not be doing that in order to, for that to be setting the bar and i think he might of, do that what i, th- it was. I, th- I right. think it's
2: possible but that that first camp was about laying the groundwork establishing we're going to do it this way and it may never be that hard again i
0: so first of all i cannot wait until training camp first day I'm totally bringing that up Um, I'm going to reference the junction boys to Vic Fangio (laughs) Mm -hmm. and gain so much respect from him (laughs) and then I'll give you credit later Mace um two I kind of like the idea it's like an introductory class right they always in college they always talk about like the weed out classes like one of the first classes of the major they make it really hard so that the people who aren't going to be able to handle the ones down the road bail out um, it's a little different now because it's not like the coach comes in and says, like, if you don't like this, you can leave, you know? Like, that's it's not like that in the NFL. But I do think it was kind of like setting a standard of we're going to work a lot harder than we used to, we're going to grind harder, and then I think this year he'll dial it back a
3: little it, bit. And that would require an adjustment, which I think it is key because if not, this whole conversation, what, what's been coming close to the front of my mind this whole time is if not – it's Bill Belichick and Bill Belichick's grind, and it's not fun to be a New England Patriot. It's only fun to to win as a Patriot. You talk to pretty much every former player; they do not enjoy being in that building. They enjoy the winning aspect, but there's there's nothing fun going on in there. You sign up to be at the Patriots to win, not to enjoy it. And it works because they win. You sign up to if, get the ring, right? If you Bill go Belichick go to the crap to get the ring, right? If Bill Belichick starts losing, players are not signing with the Patriots. They're not going there. Uh, the, these complaints of how they don't like being there—they're going to come out before players are leaving, and no one will want to play for Bill Belichick. Well, what do if we Vic, hear about wait, Belichick' wait, wait, wait. Assistance, Mace, Mace. though? Well, if if Vic continues to go down this route and it's a grind, and there's, there's no winning, and not just Vic, if any coach goes down this route, and there's no winning, and it's a grind, and it's a grind, and it's a grind, players aren't going to want to re-sign with you. Players aren't going to want to come with you in, in free agency. So that's, that's it. If Vic wants to keep up this grind, you got to win very soon. If, if he adjusts, then it's all okay. Then the winning isn't as key to players in terms of being like, you know, Super Bowl
2: champ potential Super Bowl champions every single year well what do we hear about Belichick assistants when they go elsewhere and why they often struggle it's because they try to do the same exact thing that they that Belichick did but they don't have the credibility to do it right Josh McDaniels did that here he had got you know he put him through a rough camp in 2009 you you had guys getting hurt on like the first days of training camp same thing happened in 2010 you got running that year you had running backs dropping like flies in the first couple of days you have to sign Lendale White to try to, to try to find a solution at that point.
0: Yeah, I, I think there needs to be – one, I think there needs to Justin be adjustments. Justin Two, I 100% agree with you, Zach, that if they don't win, it starts to get really taxing. And it does start – players do start to think, like, why am I going through this and continuing to lose And when I could go to San Francisco – and my coach should be wearing Yeezys, and we're gonna be drinking margaritas with umbrellas in them after practice out by the pool.
2: But we, but the fact that they went four and one down the stretch does help, especially with the young guys. It does give some tangible evidence that okay, this thing can work. A hundred percent. One thing that always
0: blows my mind in these situations is that there's not a lot of communication, and I just think it's so important for Vic Fangio to sit down with a group of players. Maybe a better leadership council than the one they put together last year, and just say, "Hey, how'd your guys' bodies feel?" Start, you know, you can go, you can have some young representation, some middle veteran representation, some older veteran representation, and just say, "Tell me, give me your honest feedback of the way things went." Or, how about in college, you know, you do the teacher assessment thing, like the last day of class, you got to fill out a little survey. It's anonymous. Why not do that? Honestly, it sounds silly, right? But why would you not do that to get the information from your players that that is important? And if you do an anonymous survey and 75% of guys say, yeah, you know what? Um, in week one, I was feeling a lot weaker than I normally do in, in week one. I was, I was really tired. I remember you know, taking a cold tub every day after practice going into week one, which I wasn't used to doing until the season I already started or whatever it is. Then you make adjustments. I'm 100% serious that I think they should do an anonymous survey of all the players on the last day of the season. Yeah, I agree. And learn. like, Take this information. There's so much stubbornness in the NFL. Guys don't want to change. You should get all the information available to you and make adjustments accordingly.
2: Anonymous surveys are not always anonymous, though. Well, they should be. They should be. They're not always.
1: (laughs) Yeah, they
3: probably can't be doing it on their iPads.
2: Right, you
0: literally hand out a sheet of paper (laughs) and a pen. That's the way to do it. We know. We know the Broncos has
3: tons of the Broncos have ton of paper.
0: Yes, (laughs) and you could honestly have a player representative collect the paper, and mix it up or do whatever they want to make sure that it is all anonymous. That's what they do in those teacher things. Remember, they (laughs) uh, they give a a folder. To one of the students, the teacher has to leave the room. <laughs> yeah. Everyone fills out their things. The student collects them, puts them in the folder, and hands them in. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it seems silly. Yeah. But there's a reason teachers do that. It's re- valuable information to them.
3: Yeah. I mean, you spend uh, millions of dollars on a scouting department to collect information on guys you're bringing in when probably the most valuable information is right inside. So get that. I-, I totally agree.
0: Okay, last thing I want to touch on here in the first segment uh, playoffs, obviously taking another step this week. Um, the divisional round. W- which do you prefer, the wild card weekend or divisional round week? Divisional round. This, right here.
2: Because you've got the, the big dogs, the big kahunas are in. Yeah, yep. so this is
0: the this best is weekend. Yep. It's the best weekend in football. I
3: prefer last weekend to next weekend.
0: Yeah, there's more games.
3: Yep. Um, I would
2: prefer the wild card weekend, though, if they get down to where there's only one team in each conference getting a bye. Thus, you'd have six games that weekend. Right, in each mm. conference.
0: Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, more the more games, the better. There's <laughs> yeah. the high stakes. I mean, that's why the first two days of March Madness are the greatest thing ever. Yep, because it's just games. eight a.m. to ten p.m. Right, <laughs> it's the greatest thing ever. Um, we look at there's eight teams left in football, and uh, there are a lot of common threads. That go through these teams. I just wanted to look at it from a Broncos perspective. What do the Broncos need to do to look more like these eight teams? Well, how about this? This,
3: got to give a shout out to Papa Stevens for pointing this out to me. And this isn't necessarily about this weekend. What's Papa Stevens' real name? Mike. (laughs) Oh, Mike. (laughs) He, He pointed this out to me. And it's about all the playoff teams. So teams that were in last week, too. The, uh, one of the things we're probably going to look at is all the teams this weekend have some pretty darn good quarterbacks, right? Yes. Well, you know, what's interesting is the team, the top four teams in terms of passing yards. Ah, your dad was listening to Dave Gettleman. Prob- probably, probably <laughs> didn't make the playoffs. Uh-huh. The bottom four or the top four rushing teams did. So you don't have to have Star Wars numbers. In the passing game, maybe I was listening. Maybe Jim Irsey. You don't have to have Star Wars numbers in order to make the playoffs, and uh, that should give Broncos hope next year. You don't need Drew Locke to be an MVP. Well, but so, uh, the uh, same,
2: uh, hold on, though. Hold on.
1: Uh, wait. wait. They're, I they're think just, we're going to make They're
3: looking the same
2: at the pace. wrong stats. Yeah. Like if you go by average per pass play, okay? There are three teams tied for tenth place, but of those teams that are ten to one. Seven of the eight teams that are left are in the top ten in average per pass play. Okay, so here's you have to be efficient. Okay, yeah, here's yes. the, here
0: is the thing. So Dave Gettleman said this yesterday in a press conference, and oh my, he
3: may have found out from my dad. I talked to my dad on Wednesday. Okay, or maybe he said it earlier. I
0: don't. Know. I just went viral yesterday. Okay, that this upset NFL Twitter mm. because of this very. If if you want to simplify, it's like a causation correlation type of thing, right? A lot of people responded by saying teams that are trailing have to throw the ball more, thus inflating their their uh, passing yards. Teams that are winning are able to run the ball more, thus inflating their rushing yards. So that was like the – it was like people were, like, making jokes like, oh, well, every team ever that's won kneeled the ball at the end of the game. So this means you should just kneel the ball every time, and you'll, you know what I'm saying? Like, so – but you're, I like the way that you framed it, which was you don't need right. to have crazy inflated passing numbers to be a successful football team in 2020.
3: Exactly. Do you want a good passing game? Yes. Do you want to be playing from behind all the time so you get these big numbers? No, you don't. You need balance. And I think for the Broncos perspective, that's great because how, especially Ryan and I, how, how um, how positive do we view Drew Locke right now? How optimistic? That's what I was looking for. Are we on Drew Locke? Very optimistic. Does he need to take that step, that Patrick Mahomes step, for next year to be, for the Broncos to be a playoff team? No, he he doesn't need to go out and be an MVP and throw for five thousand yards. He what we saw in this in this five game sample. If he's that, the Broncos are good. Seven touchdowns, three interceptions, just above a two to one touchdown interception ratio. Two hundred and four passing yards per game, efficient when he throws the ball, being able to break out third downs, red zone, being able to break out when he needs to, aka against Houston, making Bill O'Brien's head explode (laughs) at halftime. Uh, But then also the other games, just being a game manager, that's that wins in the NFL, and and that's that's the point that I'm making here. That's enough.
2: Well, I, I make a baseball comparison here. The equivalent of on-base percentage in baseball is first-down percentage in the NFL. What percentage of your plays move the chains? Because you're keeping possession. You're keeping the line moving. And it's both pass and run. There are no teams in the playoffs that were bottom 10 in first-down percentage on the ground. There are no teams remaining in the playoffs that were bottom 10 in first-down percentage through the air. Yeah. It's all about efficiency and what you do per play. It, but you know, Gettle, Gettleman by focusing on the raw rushing yardage total is just showing what an out of touch fool he is. Well, he hired At this four point, computer
0: f- computer folk, as he called it. Yeah,
2: I mean, what? I mean, is he having trouble with his email or are the, are these <laughs> IT people? I mean, he Gettleman is the type of guy who would use the term inner Google without irony. I don't even know what that means. It's like you know you're kind of making fun of the internet. Oh, I'm on that. It's, oh, it's on like InstaFace or something. Insta right. chat. Wow. Like Bill oh, oh that Insta chat Book thing. Face. Right. He use right. it. I mean, if you if the Snap three of us face. use yeah. it, it's because we're making fun. Right. When Bill Belichick, Belichick
3: says it, we know he's making fun of. Right. it. Right. Like if
2: Dave Gettleman d- right. uses it, it's because he legitimately doesn't have a clue. John Elway <laughs> didn't
0: say Bronco Land out of irony. All uh, oh, right. He had no idea. <laughs> uh, I love. I just. I like so to believe in, that there was like a quick little briefing with uh, Patrick Smythe before that press conference, and he was like, just remember, say welcome to Broncos country, uh, 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 not Broncos nation. It's not Broncos nation. It's not Broncos nation. And so then John got up there, and he's like, okay, not Broncos nation, not Broncos nation. What was it again? I don't know, anything but Broncos nation. <laughs> welcome to
3: Bronco land. <laughs> do, you th- do you think Patrick Smythe had the same briefing with him uh, before introducing Case Keenum? And he was like, remember Case
0: Keenum? Keenum, no, case. he didn't think Keenum he needed that. I don't think Patrick thought he needed that.
2: <laughs> uh, there's there's sort of a, a Hall of Fame of John Elway malaprops oh, at yeah. this point. Oh now, yeah, which is the best one? See, I still think the best one is. I'd like to start by thanking oh, John Elway. A, who, who was he supposed to be thanking? John Fox. John Fox. Oh, was that when His he fired John Fox? Oh wow, oh
3: my god! So he started the fire <laughs> press conference with like a joke. <laughs> he like... should have rolled <laughs> along with it.
0: The but whole like room laughed. By... I'd like to start by thanking John Elway for hiring John Fox, <laughs> right. who did an admirable <laughs> job. Oh. He didn't do it on oh, purpose. man, No, yeah, yeah no, yeah, of course not. not. Yeah. None of these
2: are on purpose. Of course, Vic Fangio also said Bronco Nation last year. Oh, he year. did? Oh. Yeah, in the last 12 months, to... we've had Vic Fangio say Bronco Nation. We've had John Elway say Bronco Land. <laughs> do they need to like write it on their
0: hand? <laughs> Well Bro- what's so hard about this? I don't know. <laughs>
2: but I like Bronco Land. <laughs> bronco <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Anything's but- better than Chief's Kingdom. Oh my god, that's so that's bad. It's so bad.
2: Yeah, but I get why they're doing it though.
0: Because it's different?
2: Well, it's because you're trying to kind of take the even though your logo is an arrowhead, you're trying to kind of get the implication of Chiefs away from just being something on Native Americans and refer to oh, wow. tribal think, chiefs in Africa.
0: I think you're really giving them too much credit there. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about dumb fans in Kansas City. I, just, like- <laughs> but
2: again, this it started as kind of a marketing thing.
0: Yeah, Chiefs Tribe would have been uh, blurring the lines. <laughs>
2: but if they'd done that, they would, people would have been like, oh, you're appropriating uh, Native Americans. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah it would have gotten them in
0: trouble pol- in terms of political correctness. Even though
2: they still do the tomahawk chop at games.
0: Uh, yeah. I get it because it, if you strip away all of the outside stuff, it is cool, it sounds cool, it looks cool.
2: Yeah, but, it th- but they're doing it kind of third-hand. But don't the Braves, too? Yeah, but there's a story behind that. It started with Deion Sanders, who had played at Florida State. And when Deion Sanders was playing for the Braves, fans did that for him. And okay. that's how it got going there. But but still. there's no real connection for the Chiefs to where this thing started, which was Florida State. Now, the interesting thing about it, I'm not defending the chop, but one thing at Florida State they do is everything when it come to, comes to their – like in-game traditions, songs, etc., they run by the Seminole tribe in Florida. So they ran the tomahawk shop by them. They, when they do a flaming spear at midfield, uh, at the start of a game, you have a Native American student that rides in on a horse named Renegade and drops a flaming spear into the ground at the 50, mm-hmm. and the place goes crazy. That's something they ran by the tribe. That by the, that's one of the coolest things in college football, by the way, at yeah, the start I mean, of a game when that happens.
0: Somewhere in the rankings right. below Ralphie, but it's up there. Um,
2: so re- you say that- Ralphie's just the greatest thing of all.
0: Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, one time I remember CU played UTEP in a bowl game, and their coach ran out um, of like the locker room with uh, a pickaxe. Yeah, and just like slammed it into the end zone, but the pickaxe was like large, so it just left a giant hole in the end zone. <laughs> I was like, dude, what are you doing now? Someone has to go fix that. There's a risk here. Like there was like a solid the size of like the opening of a cup in the end zone. (laughs) Like they had to go like (laughs) try and fix it.
2: An invitation for everyone to sprain their ankle. Right.
0: Because if you think about like a pickaxe, it it starts thin and then it gets larger and larger and larger as it kind of goes on. And he just like slammed it all the way in. So the largest part of the pickaxe created a hole. When
2: was this bowl game anyway with UTEP? I mean,
0: well, you would think the Buffs were in a bowl game, so you know it was a very long time ago. Uh, it had to have been early 2000s. I'm
2: trying to think who would be the coach of UTEP then.
0: I'm
2: trying to think who was dumb enough to do that. I don't know. It wasn't Sean Kugler.
1: <laughs> was Not it yet? No. Nope. Well,
2: eventually Mike Price, who we referenced on the previous podcast mm. with the. It's rolling, baby. It's rolling. He was the coach at UTEP. I just don't know if he was the coach when they went to that bowl against CU. or Was it a bowl game?
0: It was a bowl game. Okay. CU-UTEP bowl game. I know everyone is on the edge of their seat. Oh, yes. The 2004 EVI.net Houston Bowl. The what? The EVI EV, The EV1.net.
2: Okay. I feel like <laughs> so not around So now it's the anymore. game that's the Texas Bowl now, right? I think so. That's... We had a little upgrade since then. Well, the Buffs won
0: thirty-three twenty-eight. Good for us.
2: Oh. The coach was Mike Price. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh wow. Ooh. Mike Price making it onto a Broncos podcast two days in a row. <laughs> if you had that ticket, congrats on your new Wow. Releases. Who
2: would have guessed? But yeah, you're thinking, what coach would be stupid enough to do that? Well, the guy who was with a stripper and <laughs>
0: I might wait, does Reliant <laughs> Stadium use real grass though?
2: It did at the time.
0: Okay, I was going to say, because I might be getting ma- these mixed up, because it was in Reliant Stadium, which is they, indoors.
2: They changed over to turf Okay. Uh, not too long ago. But back then, they started off with grass. Hmm. And I think to this day, they they will put the grass in for, I think, soccer games.
0: Okay, that makes sense. But the
2: Texans now play on turf, right?
0: So getting back somehow i don't know how <laughs> Yeah, how we got where so far are we <laughs> getting back and i just I'll, we'll, we'll finish it up here the other thing you mentioned it they got they have good running games or a lot of these teams have good running games and again you don't necessarily get to pad your stats that much when the other team knows you're running it and you're just trying to run out the clock
3: okay well how how about this really quick J- just to just to wrap that up there's only one team n- that's still in the playoffs that didn't that wasn't in the top half of the league in yards per attempt. Yep. So maybe that's where to look at. And that's the Chiefs, because we know what they do. But
2: they were in the top 10 of first down percentage when they run.
3: Well, that, that's fine. But yes. what, what I'm just saying is in terms of yards per attempt, one team, the Packers, are 14th in the league. Every other team
0: is in the top 11. Yeah, you got to be able to run the ball well. Yes. And to be honest, that is what John Elway has often said. And why... He is so stru- – why he so strongly believes in this offense. And, again, I give him credit for that because you do have to be patient with this offense. And this offense, at his best, runs the hell out of the ball.
3: And don't we give credit to Vance Joseph here too? for what? Didn't he say you got to stop the run first? No, he was the opposite, remember? Oh, he was stop the pass, right? He yeah, was, maybe not.
0: His philosophy was like, run as much as you want. You can't score from running, I think was actually. <laughs> <Right. like.
2: laughs> hey, it almost worked for the Patriots against the Titans.
0: And it almost worked yeah. for the Broncos against the Chiefs. Almost doesn't cut it. Does not. I uh, think
2: the thing is you have to run the ball efficiently. You just don't have to run the ball frequently. Yes. So when you run so when you run, you have to be proficient at it, but you right. do not need to run the ball 50% of the time well, but, or have some percentage in mind. But Mace, this also says
3: if you do run the ball incredibly well all the time, then you're going to make the playoffs. I mean, that's what that says when the top four rushing teams in the league make the playoffs in terms of yards, not
0: attempts. Yeah, no, I think uh, run, if if someone can't stop you from running the ball, you're going to have a really hard time in that game. Right. Uh, now they have to be able to finish the drives, and that's the most important thing, and it always gets harder to run the ball the closer you get to the end zones. But if some team is gashing you in the running game and scoring touchdowns, you're going to lose.
3: Right, right. And what helps with, what, what helps when a running game gets into the red zone, it's your second point.
0: And what helps a running game more than a great passing game
1: <laughs> that
0: another team has to honor? Uh, and that's the other thing, that seven out of these eight teams – have their franchise quarterback and how many times have we talked about how important a franchise quarterback is over the last four years we know it's everything but this really underscores it and by all accounts next week it'll be the final four remaining teams all have franchise quarterbacks they're all the top in the top five probably or top 10 franchise quarterbacks out there it all comes down to quarterback and the broncos should now be in that mix as long as everything goes according to plan.
3: And let's go through all of these eight quarterbacks, and I'm going to ask you both. Who would you rather have? Quarterback I'm going to list, or Drew Locke for the future, where they are right now. And we'll we'll go game game by game.
0: Would you rather have Kirk Cousins or Drew Locke? Drew Locke. Remember the price tag we're talking about here, Mr. Cost-Controlled Quarterback. (laughs) Thinking hard about
2: this. And also remember the fact that He's been inconsistent. I got to go with uh, Drew Locke there.
3: Oh, I didn't think Mace was going to do that easy for me, Drew Locke. You're talking about $30 million for this guy. Yep. Speaking of $27.5 million, Jimmy Garoppolo or Drew Locke? Another thinker. I'm
2: going with Garoppolo. And I'm going
3: with Drew Locke. I'm going with Drew Locke. Uh, I'm just straight up price tag. I may still be taking Drew Locke.
2: Yeah, no,
0: I don't even care about the price tag on
3: that one. Um, now, Titans, this is the only one that I think you said that every team but one has a franchise quarterback. Ryan Tannehill, I personally don't consider him a franchise quarterback yet, so I, I agree with you. Would you rather have Drew Locke or Ryan Tannehill? Drew. Drew
0: Locke. Drew. But
2: Tannehill could become a franchise quarterback. He
0: could. Yes, he, he could. He has what it takes. If he becomes a franchise quarterback, the Jets need to run as fast as they can to fire Adam Gase.
3: yes I don't think you can fire him though he's like he is that organization now somehow he tricked them into having all the power
0: yeah no they like they hired him because they thought he was going to help Sam Darnold and if Ryan Tannehill becomes a franchise quarterback it is proof that he is hurting quarterbacks
2: (laughs) yes it didn't help that Tannehill had the ACL though in twenty seventeen when he was coming off leading the Dolphins to the playoffs in twenty sixteen. That did that basically napalmed the progress that he had made with Adam Gase.
0: For sure. I also think Adam Gase is probably top five most overrated coaches.
3: So we've gone through three quarterbacks. It just by going through the games. I haven't been doing this on purpose. And Ryan, you and I have both taken Drew Locke over Playoff quarterbacks that are in the second round. But you're Mace, taking you've him taken in part. Out of th- but you've taken
2: him twice. But you're taking him in part because of the cost and, and also because of the potential in some of these cases. Like for Kirk Cousins, is he at his ceiling right now? Probably. Yeah. I Drew Locke so. is not at his ceiling. But today, Kirk Cousins is a better quarterback than Drew Locke.
3: But I, I'm saying but I don't like, know oh, if he's you, there in a year. Want.
2: I don't know if that's the case in a year or two.
3: Well, I, I don't know that for certainty either. But I would, I would still take Drew Locke. See, in for fact, a game today, three- I would take
2: Kirk Cousins today. If I'm playing this game right now, I choose between the quarterbacks, i take Kirk Cousins today. But not for the long term. Okay. Not okay. team construction.
3: And the Broncos aren't playing this week, so
0: I think we have to. At least that's the way I think I'm so, looking at it. So far for me... Uh, you can take the price tag off. I'm still going with Drew. In terms of the future. I'm going... I'm
3: I'm three for three. Yeah. No price tag. Yep. Okay, now this one, probably very easy. Lamar Jackson or Drew Locke? Lamar. 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 Uh, Texans, Deshaun Watson or Drew Locke? You can ask Bill O'Brien. Deshaun. Deshaun.
0: It's not as easy for me. It's not. It's not that it's that easy. It's just that it is... For me, there is... I always knew Deshaun Watson it was going to be great.
2: I mean, he's the reason they won last week.
0: Yeah. Yep. He's also so part he's of the, the reason, reason
2: they, they came shut back. out at
0: halftime.
3: Right. Because uh, we've seen I guess you have to go Deshaun. I don't like it, though. Chiefs, Mahomes or Drew Locke? Mahomes. Mahomes. Uh, Russell Wilson. Russ. Wilson. Yeah. And Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers. Drew. Stop. Give oh, me Drew. Come how old, on. How old is he? How old is Aaron Rodgers? 35, 36?
2: Exactly. And we've seen that Peyton Manning, Drew Brees, and Tom Brady have shown that you can be effective well into your late 30s. And Aaron Rodgers is playing at home tomorrow, and he's going to lose at home
4: in to the Russ. playoff.
3: Exactly. Yeah, that's. I took Russ. Yeah. I, I, I took Russ. Um, and... Uh, He's going to lose at home tomorrow, and then I don't know what the defense is going to continue to be for Aaron Rodgers. He's a freaking
2: Hall of Fame quarterback. That's the defense.
0: So you're just but he's he's losing falling to the, back on but career. He's losing to a better quarterback. Russ is better than Aaron Rodgers. He's the second-best he quarterback in he the He was NFL better
2: right this now. year, yes. Russell Wilson was better quarterback this year.
0: Go, if you,
3: uh, maybe it's changed in the past two years, but what I was so sick of and what really just rubbed me wrong about Aaron Rodgers and made, the way, made me feel the way I do about him was for a decade maybe, maybe just less than a decade, uh, they would say, who are you starting your franchise with? And everyone would say, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he's the best quarterback in the game by far. It's like, no. I mean, Tom Brady's out here winning. Peyton's at Peyton Manning's out here winning MVPs. Uh, and, and now I think people would probably say Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. But it, it was just a given. Like, or Russ. What, 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 what's he done? Yeah, he's won
2: one Super but Bowl. But we don't know what Aaron Rodgers would have done if he'd had Bill Belichick See, as See, he coach. gets that benefit rather of the doubt. And it just Rather than Mike okay, McCarthy. But the that's thing. a legitimate <laughs> part of the discussion. Here's the thing.
0: Is Aaron Rodgers is probably the most physically gifted quarterback that's come along in a long time. And so that's why everyone says that. His arm is maybe the best. Uh, and he also has really great feet. And so that's why everyone looks at that and is just like, this, you just can't have this. Plus, all of the late game heroics, you've got all of that stuff. I understand why people would say that. Uh, but there, you can't just. I'm with Zach in this in the fact that you can't just all. There can't just always be an excuse. At some point, the quarterback is responsible for the failures of the team.
3: And and really quick, Mace, I would say at least from everything I've seen, Mike McCarthy has been viewed as a very good hire in Dallas. Has he not?
2: Hasn't that been viewed as a good hire?
1: Yes. Almost so everybody. It, s- almost
2: everybody is viewed as a good hire. Part of it is that. McCarthy and Rodgers, at one point, they did magic together. Then they got tired of each other. Sometimes so why is it on McCarthy? To, sometimes you're just together too long because it's easier to jettison the coach than the quarterback. So why are you we can doing find, what's easy, It's though? a lot easier to find another coach than it is to find another quarterback at that level. So
3: then that's just un, unjustly putting blame on the coach
0: just because it's easier, though. Well, and, and here's one thing that we can probably say about Aaron Rodgers, that he has issues with relationships. Right. Well, that's clear. Personal. I mean, speaking of the Bachelor. Right. We need some Bachelor talk now. Right. No, we don't. (laughs) He's not uh, in contact with anyone in his family. And maybe that, we don't know the the inner details of that. But when you mix that with the fact that he's had trouble getting along with the coach who a lot of people like, you can say that Aaron Rodgers isn't the easiest person to get along with. And I think that is a large knock on him. And the truth is, is, if he was coming out of the draft, you know, in an alternate universe where he's coming out of the draft right now, the fact that he doesn't talk to anyone in his family would be a knock on him. Would that be no one coming to his birthday party? Yes. I mean, it's
3: his family not oh, coming to his, his birthday. Oh, family!
2: Party? Like,
0: not only did his teammates not come to his birthday party, or not. His <laughs> I can't believe where. Oh my gosh, but his family did not.
2: <laughs> and what's Aaron Rodgers' relationship with his teammates, current and former? I mean, he was a gr- he was know. a he was a groomsman in. Randall Cobb's wedding. Seems like that relationship is fine and well, dandy. He made Randall Cobb a
0: lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but in the end, Aaron Rodgers is not perfect. And honestly, the whole start a franchise thing with him, you have to, you definitely would have to take into account that there have been some relationship issues there. He's not the easiest person to get along when with. Also,
2: people were saying start a franchise with him was because he was, what, a, a few years, six years younger than Tom Brady? Now when you have that discussion, you're starting the franchise with Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. Right. I'm going Mahomes because I think he'll have the longer career. As
0: long as you got Andy Reid or a similar mind coming with him. Okay, well then let me,
3: let me throw the question out. You have that number one pick in that draft we were talking about yesterday. Who's your
2: pick? Who's my coach? You're the Broncos. So Rich Gangarello is your offensive coordinator, and Patrick Mahomes is your quarterback. What's happening?
0: Not as good as you want it to be. Uh, You going DL? No. (laughs) Because Drew also comes from that place. Um, uh, Probably Russell Wilson. I think Russell Wilson, out of all those quarterbacks, would have the most success in this offense.
2: Well, he's made it work with Daryl Bevel and Brian Schottenheimer. How old is he now? Russ? Yeah, about 30. Uh, Yeah, I believe so because, let's see, he would have been – I think he – Yeah, I think he's 30. 2012 class? Yeah,
0: 2012 draft we've got like seven or eight more good years. He's 30 next
2: year, or 30 this year, or turned 30 last year, but
0: yes. Lamar Jackson, I think, actually would have a lot more success in this offense than people would want him to, but it's still, you are just really sucking the life out of what he does well. Well, you'd have to go
2: back to the Washington strategy of 2012 with RG3. That's... And that's the evidence that if, you're, if you are adaptable in this scheme as a coach, you can make this work. That's why whenever you've got a, a, any kind of quarterback, I'm like, don't tell me that, this, that you can't adapt this scheme to make it work for somebody because Mike and Kyle Shanahan made it work for RG3. Right. So if Scangarello can't make it work for a quarterback, it's not on the scheme, it's on Rich. Right? He's
0: 31, by the way, Russ is. Okay. That's a good one. That's a good. So one. probably another decade. Right. You're getting him right in his like the peak of his prime right now, where he has all the experience, everything you need to be great. Um and no injury issues. He
2: runs away from contact. That's yeah. a key thing. He's mobile, but he does not run to contact. That was the problem with Cam and why he's broken down was that he ran to contact too often.
0: Such a cornball. That really, oh God. really makes it hard oh for him. Oh God.
3: <laughs> it, I mean, Kirk Cousins is more of a cornball oh, than him, god. right? He's the worst. Have that's you like, seen That's like you can you can go through. You can put up with Russell Wilson's. I don't know if I could put Have up. Have you with Kirk seen Cousins.
2: Kirk Cousins's commercials?
3: No, no, for what
2: he does commercials in Minnesota for Pizza Ranch. You can find them on YouTube. Oh my god, they are. You talk about cornball. <laughs> I mean, there's not. There's less corn in all of Iowa. Than the corn in these advertisements.
0: I can't stand Kirk Cousins. Honestly, didn't recognize it when the Broncos were pursuing him. I didn't either. And it's like right after he signed the big contract, I think he felt a lot more comfortable being himself. And I was like, oh my god, this guy's so. Cool. Did you ever yeah.
2: see that commercial that he did in Washington? He did, He was a spokesman for some uh, gas, like uh, gas fireplace company and <laughs> Weird. there's a commercial that Shouldn't came the quarterback
0: be raising their standards <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. this
2: is like did you guys ever see jerry mcguire yes yeah. okay you remember when rod tidwell was doing the commercials for like camel chevrolet yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Yeah. and waterbed world or something <laughs> like that well this is the kirk cousins equivalent was doing this gas fireplace commercial with a donald trump interpreter there's a lot of weirdness what? in this commercial or impersonator, impersonator. impersonator okay. not Sometimes you need an interpreter. Yes.
4: There's a lot of weirdness
2: in this commercial, starting with the fact that when Kirk Cousins throws a football at Donald Trump and he says hi and says, Mr. President, if you freeze frame it, it looks like he's giving a Nazi salute. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs>
1: so he's
0: in commercials with Trump?
2: A Trump impersonator.
0: Oh, right, right, right. Wow. Weird. Um, yeah, I can't. I, you can, like, Russ, you can barely get by. Did you see the whole, there was, like, a big thing about this on Twitter when he was mic'd up. Russ? Oh, people were knocking him for that, though. So, pe- so some people were knocking him because it was corny. Yeah, I thought it was fine. And then, other then, like, the, like, like motivational Twitter right. came to his rescue and was <laughs> like, this is, like, positive, encouraging words. Like, how are you going to get after him for this? Yeah. I was somewhere in between. Like, yes, it's corny, but it's true. He is just trying to uplift his teammates, and clearly they responded to it because they ended up winning that game. So.
2: What, what would you rather have that, or would you rather have Jameis Winston eating the dub?
0: <laughs> Definitely don't want Jameis Winston eating the dub. How about that? Would you rather have Russ being corny or Joe Flacco e-oring his way around town? <laughs>
3: Definitely Russ oh. corny. Now, would you rather have Joe Flacco e-oring his way around town? I like the way you put that. Or Kirk Cousins corny. Uh, Kirk Cousins <laughs> still. I'd rather have Kirk Cousins because he's a better quarterback. Yeah. I yeah. mean,
0: I cannot believe it keeps – it's somehow gotten worse and worse. Like, I, like, I, I just wanted to tear into Case Keenum because of how – and just his, his quarterbacking here was so bad. His leadership was bad. And then somehow Joe Flacco was worse. Yeah. Like, objectively worse then yeah. Case Keenum.
3: Yeah, Drew Locke may just be like a totally average leader and motivator, but to us it seems no.
0: like he's worlds away. <laughs> no, he, he knows how to communicate yeah, with no, people. Yeah, no, he does. He
3: does. All right, let's pick these games. And speaking of Kirk Cousins, he is a seven-point underdog going in to the 49ers to play the one-seed NFC team.
2: In an alternate universe in which Jimmy Garoppolo – does not flourish after being traded to the 49ers. Kirk Cousins is the 49ers quarterback right now. And are they better? And what
0: does that have to do with your pick? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are they better? No. Uh,
2: I think they're as good. They're the I think they're in the same spot. Okay. Same place. Well, Number Jimmy one G. seed.
0: Much better fit for just that team in the way that they are. Yeah. He's wearing Yeezys in the meetings. Yeah, in the San Francisco <laughs> lifestyle and look, yeah. yeah.
2: Although they're making it work with uh, Nick Bosa on the defensive side. He doesn't really seem to fit oh, God. the well, San Francisco Bay Area for a lot of reasons. People will <laughs> give a lot of things when you start sacking the quarterback. Yep, yes. Bench. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's it's fine and dandy now. <laughs> God. i got to go with the 49ers at home. I've got to go with Kyle Shanahan getting the better of his mentor, Gary Kubiak, of course, mm, because yep. – Kubiak was the first person to hire Kyle Shanahan as an offensive coordinator, although it was a non-play-calling offensive coordinator role. He learned a lot from being around Kubiak. So just like last week in which the protege, Mike Vrabel, got the better of the mentor, Bill Belichick, even out-Belichicking him tactically (laughs) with getting the clock down on that punt. It was fun to watch a Belichick acolyte do it to him. And him
0: get mad. That was my favorite part. Yep.
2: Like, yeah, this is what you've been doing to everybody for 18 years, Bill. Now one of your guys who knows you so well is doing it to you. I think Kyle Shannon gets the better of Gary Kubiak. Although
0: if Julian Edelman doesn't drop that pass, which, like, good God, what a terrible drop. Yeah. Um, the Patriots go down and score fairly quickly on that drive, in my opinion. And then the, the Titans just wasted their own time um, in terms of being able to score the game-winning touchdown. I, don't I was know. convinced that was going to happen. I,
2: I don't know, though. I mean, I think uh, Tannehill to A.J. Brown might have made something happen there. Maybe. With just mm. enough time.
3: Ryan, who are you taking? mace has got the Niners.
0: Um, I think that the Vikings are in for a world of hurt. Mm. Uh, they're not going to be able to run the ball on these 49ers in that defensive front. And then it's going to be all on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. And then Nick Bosa is going to start teeing off. This they the 49ers are going to do to the Vikings what the Broncos should have done. To the Vikings. To the Vikings. Yep. yep. So I'm saying blowout. Um,
3: blowout. Blow out. So seven points is easy for you. Ryan, I really I really agree with that defensive matchup against the Vikings offense. But it's too many points. And in fact. It's eight too many points. Give me the Vikings to win oh this game. I am I think the 49ers are, are a year away from from really taking over and really being a contender, and I think it's very clear tomorrow because the Vikings have, have no reason to be winning this game, and they're going to go in and beat San Francisco. I wouldn't be
0: surprised if there are legitimate tears from Kirk Cousins <laughs> during this game. <laughs>
2: You may have Jimmy Garoppolo too. He's going to get Paxton Lynch. <laughs> That's all right. He can go back to Minnesota and sure have some Pizza Ranch on the house. Have
0: you ever had Pizza Ranch? No. Me either.
2: Don't they have it in like Longmont or something? I yeah, because they show up on they the do, Rockies, Rockies games. They do yeah. advertise. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Give me Bojo's <laughs> 10 times
0: out of 10. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
2: There's also some weird stuff in like the past oh, management. We've talked of about this Pizza before. Ranch. <laughs> We've talked about this before. <laughs> oh, How have what? we talked
0: about this before? I have no
2: idea. It probably came up because we kept seeing them on the Rockies broadcast and like, what the hell is this? And the other thing about Pizza Ranch is it's biggest in Iowa, but also like the upper, upper other parts of the upper Midwest, like Minnesota and all that. And so it's a big thing for presidential candidates mm. who are trying to you know, increase mm. their awareness among the electorate leading up to the iowa caucuses to have sit downs with potential pizza voters ranch. at pizza ranch so it's like <laughs> the, this is a thing
0: it's like the wawa of idaho or of iowa the who wawa that's like a huge thing they have, have wawa in florida oh. you know but it's it's like a philly rite of passage type it of is thing.
2: it is and they do like it's it's a convenience store that does amazing sandwiches Good. okay just just good sales. <laughs> I think <don't know. laughs> their cheesesteak is excellent.
0: Uh, I haven't had that.
2: Okay. If I'm going to be in Philadelphia
0: and I mean, I'm gonna eat a cheesesteak, I'm going to a real place. Now, here's the thing.
2: If I go to Philadelphia, I'm not having a cheesesteak there cuz I'm going to I'm going to gyms or I'm going to you know, name or uh, Tony Lukes or name your spot. But in St. Petersburg, Florida, I'll right, I'll right. get a cheesesteak at Wawa.
0: Do they put cheese sauce right. on it?
2: Uh cheese whiz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you can get it with whiz. Okay, good. But there's also some good cheesesteaks around here as well. Get your whiz like, at Wobwas. Like, like uh, taste of Philly's terrific.
0: And they and they whiz it up? They'll whiz it up. <laughs> They'll whiz on it for what,
2: you. But, <laughs> by the way, Allie, as you walk in, do you have a favorite cheesesteak here in Denver that you've had?
4: Um, here in Denver, not really. I did hear about someone in the Philly bar that I go to told me that there's one place I don't remember the name of it, but that has their hoagies shipped in. Um, wow.
2: Amorosa roll, right? Yeah.
4: Uh, and is so, it D- Denver
2: Ted's or Taste of Philly, one of those?
4: No, it wasn't Taste of Philly. I've had Taste of Philly, and it's it's good. But Jim's in Philadelphia is my favorite.
0: Jim's is the best,
3: Jim's is, for sure. You guys are killing me again.
0: Before noon I
4: know,
3: and I know.
4: dying for food. Well, the good news is we're
3: uh, <laughs> an
0: hour and five into this podcast. We haven't even made it to the end of the first segment yet. <laughs> Okay, we- next
3: game. Titans going into Baltimore, Baltimore. 10-point favorites.
0: These are all big lines.
2: Uh, I got the Titans, keeping it close.
0: Mm, This really hurts me because I I feel blowout in this one, too. But the Titans being able to run the ball, I think will not give uh, the Ravens enough Time to really blow them out. So, like the a 20 to, 30, is... 20
2: to 13 type of game, 23 to 16, something like that. Nope, I'm taking the Ravens. 24 10. Love
3: it. Yes. I'm so pumped you took the Ravens. I, uh, man, I can really see a blowout in this game. Lamar just showing his MVP. So, why were you pumped that he Cause he's took the go Ravens? The other way. Yeah, I'm because... not taking the Ravens, though. Okay, well, there you go. I'm not taking see. the Ravens, and I'm not taking the Titans to keep it close. I'm taking the Titans to win this Whoa! game on Derrick Henry's shoulders. He went for one eighty three last week. He's gonna go for even more this week. I saw a question on TV today. Who's tougher to tackle, Lamar Jackson or Derrick Henry? Tomorrow it's gonna be Derek. Here's Henry.
2: a weird thing about the history of this series in the playoffs. That's tomorrow that's so it makes this me is, so happy. This is the fourth game they've played in the postseason. The road team has won all three. Wait, say, say that again? The fourth time these teams have played in the postseason. And the road team has won each of the previous three.
0: Here's a weird thing. Remember how we were talking about Monday, how it was supposed to be the national championship game? Yep. We haven't had football in almost a full week at all, other yeah. than crappy bowl games, which not even I can get into.
2: You weren't into Louisiana, Lafayette, and Miami of Ohio?
0: <laughs> I watched a grand total of zero seconds of that game. <laughs> I'm having, like, legitimate
3: football withdrawals. Well, and how about this? Now, is this the three best days in football? Yeah. Yeah. Probably starting mm.
2: tomorrow. Well, I mean, you got the XFL next month too. We haven't even gotten to the rules changes. Okay,
0: <laughs> this is, it has nothing to do with this being the three best days. Of football. No, but I'm
2: sh- saying if you have football <laughs> withdrawal, that there's going to be at least for this year until it goes out of business. Maybe like the AAF, we'll see. Although I think the, Xf- I think the XFL can afford to pay its bills given the financial largess that's backing it right now. I think so. So
0: yeah, we'll see. Um, so Ravens. Titans. Titans. Did Mace pick?
3: Titans to keep it close. Okay. So, Mace, Mace, you got the Ravens winning, though. Yeah, but. All right, so now Sunday. But if you're together, giving a me good 10 money points on underdog parlay here. <laughs> now we have
0: the Texans going into the Chiefs with another huge line. Nine and a half points, Chiefs. Gosh, I hate that I'm doing this. I'm building this weekend to end up. It's going to suck more than we thought it was. Another blowout. Chiefs mm. by a million.
2: The Texans did beat Kansas City earlier this year, but. Kansas City's D, much better than it was when Deshaun Watson and the Texans walked in there earlier this year. I got the Chiefs.
3: Oh, I hate – the Chiefs are going to win this game. I'm not going to spin this one in any weird way. But I hate just picking the exact same team in this game, but I have to. I have to be right. I'm going Chiefs with the 9.5.
0: Chiefs are going to do what the Broncos did to the Texans.
3: Yes, I think so. It's not It's not going to be close. And final one of the weekend, Seattle. Hold on really quick on that game. I'm sorry.
0: Okay, no. If it was an option, I've always thought this should be an option. And I think ten time, 99 times out of 100, a team would pick to stay at home. Should the favorite get to choose whether the game is played at home or on the road?
2: Ideally, but the problem is, they would never choose being yeah, on the, the road because of the mo- the increased revenue you get from the money that you you don't have to split, the premium seats, the suites, and the club seats. The How reason,
0: stupid would you look? It would only look stupid if you lost. Right, right. But to your course, fans, yeah.
2: they'd be like, well, we want to go to a playoff game, and you're taking this away yeah, from and us. and they're
0: like, we want to take our offense inside a dome stadium instead of playing in the oh, frigid I cold see. of mm. of Arrowhead in January. Right. Yeah, that's I just think it should be an option. And some crazy coach would do it at some point, and it would be a great storyline, and everyone would love it. Well,
2: it's funny you mentioned that. In Kansas City, the original plan for the Truman Sports Complex, home of the Royals and the Chiefs, was to have a rolling roof that went between the two stadiums. Oh, my God. Wow. But it was deemed too expensive back in the early 1970s. So fast, fast forward three decades... There are two ballot initiatives facing Kansas City area voters. One involves merely renovating Arrowhead Stadium. The other involves renovating it and putting a roof on it, which would basically bring it into consideration for the Super Bowl, the Final Four, which a big, big deal in a basketball town like Kansas City. And
0: Wow. If they have any... Right wit about them and they vote they will vote for this for the ceiling they voted for
2: the initiative that did not have the roof those because of the extra because it was an extra like 350 400 million dollars
0: you idiots you absolute idiots yeah. You are an offensive football team. But this was
2: a decade ago. This was like in around 2006. I thought you said... 2007. No, I said fast forward three decades from the 70s to oh, the 2000s. Oh, yeah, you
0: confused me with all that math.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, that's fine. They made they, they did the right they thing. Made their they made their choice. They were like, oh, it's tradition, blah, 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 money, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> if it comes up now, you put a dome on the stadium as fast as you can to give Patrick Mahomes the greatest chance of succeeding. Do Even you- though he already... S- Sliced up the Broncos in the snow. Do you it's wish that the they built? Points.
2: Do you wish that what is now in Power Field? Do you wish that they put a roof on that?
0: Um, yeah, I think so. No,
2: for the Super Bowl and the about, Final Four. Yeah,
0: exactly. I don't care about snow games.
3: Oh, I love conditions, although they rarely happen. Unfortunately, I just want to see
0: the best players play at their best capabilities. On offense. I'll say uh, this
2: as a fan. It, it doesn't affect me being in the press box or any of us. But as a fan, yeah, it's it pretty cold in that the press o- box. The older I get, the less patience I have for sitting in extreme weather elements, whether hot or cold.
3: Yeah, fair. Speaking of extreme, I'll take extreme heat over extreme cold any day. Speaking of extreme cold, Seattle going into Green Bay tomorrow. It's supposed to be snowy and a high in the twenties. Sunday when the game is high in the
0: 20s it's supposed to be brutal before we get into it I have a question for you the guys 20s is
2: not brutal for Green Bay Wisconsin in January well that's actually right. a beach day
0: oh my god I've already made my decision but I want to know what decision you guys think I should have made okay this game starts at what, what time four yeah four-ish yeah wait uh, it's, so it's five five Green Bay wait then. a
2: second it, yeah because it's the first game Sunday is at one Mountain Time, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, one in four,
0: one four thirty. Okay. The Buffs basketball team mm. hosts Utah, same exact time. Do I watch this game or do I go to the Buffs basketball game?
2: I think you go to the Buffs basketball game. You? We're talking about well, you. I want to know
0: what you think I should do.
2: Well, you're you're Mister CU. How okay? good
0: Utah? Uh, they beat Kentucky. This year. This year. What's it? So a good record too. Yeah, they have a solid record. Buffs are one and one in conference play right now. Okay,
2: where does this Buffs basketball team, in your opinion, stack up with others in your lifetime? Does it have the potential to be the best Buffs team in your lifetime? Yeah, for sure. Go watch the, best the Buffs. Buffs
0: team. In, well, Chauncey, is it, the best Buffs team of my true fandom, yeah, had, has only won one game in the tournament.
2: Was that 2012, the yep. one that won the Pac-12, and yep. then? They were lucky enough to go down to Albuquerque and have the crowd on its side that day. Uh,
0: I was there and it was incredible.
2: <laughs> it, was, it was like a home game. I covered that game. It was like a see you home game. It was so cool. Yeah.
3: You've got to you've got to watch this game. But well, I think you go I think I th- you go to you, Coors Event Center. Yeah, you go and watch the game. It's not Coors Event Center you anymore, is it? It's you, you go just you go and watch. You go and watch the game. All right, I'm going to the Buffs game. <laughs> that's the decision I already made. <laughs>
0: yep. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it, it's uh it's kind of tough though. I really love playoff NFL football games. Yeah.
2: But you're getting to see three of them. Yeah, exactly. And also, do you have your phone? Can't you watch it on your phone?
0: Yeah, it's not quite the same, but I agree. I probably will if it gets close at the end or whatever. Maybe the Buffs game will end early. Yeah. Get over to the Dark Horse. Yeah, there
3: there you go. <laughs> and so what do you think is going to happen? What I will gonna...
0: say uh, this was not an easy decision. My girlfriend was Team Buffs game, which is mm, pretty great. Yep, that is, that's pretty awesome. And that didn't
2: sway you? Before talking to us? No,
0: it did. That's what I said. The decision was already made. I just wanted to know if you guys were on the same side. Oh, you're doing the
2: right
3: thing. Yeah, you have to do that. Green Bay, four-point favorites. Seahawks money line. Give me Seahawks four-point favorites.
0: Yeah, I mean, that doesn't really change much.
2: I have to to go with my NFC Super Bowl pick since the start of the year. Got to go with the pack.
0: Got to roll. You got to dance with the ones that brought you, even though that doesn't really apply here. <laughs>
2: Packers and Chiefs until they're done. That's those are my picks.
0: Well, Mace,
3: Packers are going to be out after this week. Seahawks are going to win straight up.
0: As Steve Atwater would say, we'll see. <laughs> um. So then for me, it would be Seahawks forty ers in the NFC Championship game. Oh my God! And that game has been so good already twice. Yeah, it's destiny. And that would be Seattle. Yeah, I'll take them, too. Uh, even then, though, I guess I have to go with the 49ers since I... I never pick against Russ, though. That's the problem. I should then, have taken them to go to the Super Bowl.
3: And then we could have the Chiefs against the Ravens or the Chiefs against the Titans. I think it's going to be Chiefs-Titans. Oh.
1: oh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh,
3: uh, uh, uh. Yeah, I'd much rather see the Ravens and Chiefs. That is terrible. But there we go.
2: What The Chiefs-Titans, though, if you want to see the Chiefs lose... They've already lost the Titans in the postseason in the last couple of years. And as we saw last week, the Titans' style is built to win in January on the road.
0: It makes a good point. Yep. I still would rather see Ravens-Chiefs. Yeah. I
2: think we all would. But I don't think Titans-Chiefs would be a bad game. I think it would be a very entertaining game.
0: And it would be in, where would the game be? Baltimore? Yep. Oh, that's huge. That's huge. I do not yeah. want to have. I don't. I don't need Lamar playing in zero degrees. I don't want to see that. Uh, all right. Before we, <laughs> it move won't be on, zero dude.
2: degrees in Baltimore. It just might be kind of gray and rainy and ugly. You might have a, a sloppy track. Yeah, that's fine. I just it's d- supposed to be like sixty degrees there this week. That blows well, my mind. That's that. That's mid-Atlantic. Sometimes you're going to get cold and wet. Sometimes you're going to get a warmth and beautiful. I think when the Ravens played the Colts back in January of 2007. It was 60 degrees then. Wow. The Mid-Atlantic in the winter, having lived there until I was 11, it's kind of all over the place.
0: Well, if it's rainy in Baltimore, you're going to need some rubber boots. (laughs) And you might be able to get those from Denver Rubber Company because Denver Rubber Company is your go-to spot for anything rubber, whether it's custom die-cut gaskets, molded rubber, or custom contract manufacturing and custom hoses. Make sure you visit them today at drcfirst.com slash dnvr, or you can call them at 1-800-259-0010 for all of your rubber needs, especially if you're trying to get those snow plows right. Okay, well, one hour
2: and 15 minutes later, let's talk to the people. Finally, let's start with Manning's forehead. All right, enough is enough. When is DNVR going to team up with Crocs to make some DNVR Crocs? I have four pairs and need to get to six to complete my infinity gauntlet of Crocs. I'm I'm wearing mine right now. The DNVR Crocs. No. Limited. Oh, those aren't Crocs. Don't no. ever put oh, DNVR's okay. name
3: on whatever
2: you <laughs> have on your feet. <laughs> well, there is something on there. I see like H-O. Hoka. Hoka? Well, Hoka, yeah. Hoka 1-1 hoka one one
3: is what it says, but it's pronounced something different. My girlfriend told me. I think you may be right. <laughs> okay. Hoka Ona Ona, one I think that's actually Hawaiian? right. I think that's right. I don't know if they're Hawaiian. Australian? Something o- like Ongukai that. Ongukai is Hawaiian.
0: All okay. I have to say is, what are those? <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. I'm wearing the
2: full DAX shoes here with the new balances. Oh, mm. God, you guys are killing Very me. Very
0: classic. I'm just wearing socks. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Um, but the,
2: the orthotics from New Balance are the kind of the big thing for me, though. I've got uh, arch issues, and I like to walk a lot, so I'd like to keep walking.
0: Fair enough. Um, as for Crocs, hey, we love all Colorado companies. I'm not going to slander them. We do. Um, next one's from Polish Filipino. Hey, fellas. All your free agency talk got me thinking of Elway's end-of-the-year presser and Vic's comments regarding Drew Locke. Could the fact that L.A. and Vic haven't shown that they are completely bought into Drew being the guy affect free agency? I just feel that like they're missing out on a potential selling point that Denver has a guy that everyone in the building believes in.
3: No, I don't think it'll really affect free agency this year. I don't year. think
0: like um, some, I'm trying to think of like uh, Chris Jones. Byron Jones or Chris yeah. Jones. I don't think they're watching the end of your record before <laughs> yeah. they sign the deal.
3: And saying, ah, I really was going to take $20 million here, but you didn't commit to Drew, so no thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think so. Next one coming in from Dan Burke. I've seen a lot of fans saying the Broncos need to spend a high draft pick on linemen to give some clay to Munchak. I know he wasn't the O-line coach in Pittsburgh last year, but he laid the foundation on that offensive line. And at one point, when Marquise Pouncey went down, the Steelers were starting four undrafted free agents on the offensive line. Villanueva, Raymond Foster, B.J. Finney, and then Matt Filer at right tackle. And the offensive line didn't skip a beat. Just makes you wonder if the Broncos really need to invest significant draft capital on the offensive line. On the subject of the Steelers, something that crossed my mind about next year's schedule. Am I wrong in thinking that we got the better end of the deal compared to the Raiders because of that Shelby Harris padded bat, batted past the Broncos are now playing the Steelers next year albeit in Pittsburgh instead of the Browns who seem like a scarier team to face if they hire someone who can maximize the talent they have even if Big Ben starts next year I'm not too concerned I'm not saying it'll be the automatic win but I'd rather face the Steelers over a Browns team that has the potential to be great
2: Steelers have less distance to traverse to be a bona fide top shelf contender. They just always do because their way they're structured, it also goes to Mike Tomlin, but everything institutionally with that organization, their floor is what? Eight and eight? Yeah. If you have a higher floor, it's easier to get to the ceiling.
0: Yeah, it's fair. Also, the Browns are going to hire Josh McDaniels, which makes me sad that the Broncos aren't going to play him uh, because they're going to suck.
3: Yeah, Yeah, and Pittsburgh's defense is good. If if Ben's healthy, I'd probably rather play Cleveland.
2: It's a team that if if Big Ben's healthy next year, then one of the best division showdowns at the top is going to be Steelers-Ravens, just like it's been so many times over the years. But
0: didn't he have an arm injury to his throwing arm? But have you seen the beard that he has now? It's going to cover a, that up. As an old quarterback suffering a, a arm injury, I
2: think it'll buy. I think he can get back, and it'll buy him one year, kind of like it did with Jake Delhomme in Carolina after he had a UCL tear in his elbow. He was able to get back and have one very good season, and then it fell apart on him in the playoffs. And then he didn't have anything the year after that. But I think his recovery will buy him one. Good season. That was the hater's perspective on Peyton. He had a neck injury, and he's old. And he couldn't feel his fingertips.
0: Give me a break. Also, Peyton's, Peyton has a little bit of a history of playing it up.
2: Mm. <laughs>
3: Just saying. The
0: story's a little bit better if he spiked a ball trying to throw it to Todd Helton, and he can't feel his fingertips. Peyton knows how to build a good story. Just saying.
2: All right, Bronco-born, Bronco-bred. RK, congrats to your Nuggets on a win in a really great game. Thank you. Refs were annoying. Of
1: course.
2: Refs were annoying, but when aren't you able to blame them?
0: I'll be honest. When I was watching that game, and and this is all a matter of perspective, I really thought the Mavs were getting the whistle the entire time.
2: (laughs) Home team, NBA. Happens all the time. But
0: apparently he felt differently.
2: I stand by Luka beating better than Jokic but he does have the Mavs numbers. I do believe that the Mavs and Nugs play again this year, so maybe we do another pizza bet for that. In the meantime, if you want to redeem your pizza, just say so on the pod, and I'll slide into your Twitter DMs and get to you. Go, Mavs. I do want to see Mavs Nuggets in the playoffs. That should be a seven-game knockdown drag-out battle.
0: I'm super down because they have no one that can guard Jokic. Yeah, I I would like that
3: a lot as well. And Bronco-born, Bronco-bred. Ryan would like to redeem his pizza now. Just slide into
0: my Twitter DMs. Uh, We'll go double or nothing if there's another game. I'm down for that. There you go, two pizzas. Do they have one one game
2: left or do they play another two games?
0: I think they probably played three times this year. Okay. They're one and one right now.
3: Yep, yep. Next one coming in from Mile High 808. Fellas, after hearing RK sing, this is how we do it, you need to sign him up to a one-year deal to sing the intro to the pod. Finally. My,
0: my whole pod career, I've been waiting for someone to compliment my singing voice. It's and then, always Zach who gets the compliments. And then,
3: uh, and then I will have to stop singing the intro. Thank you, everyone other than Mace, for understanding the 303-808 thing. Please excuse me as I occasionally speak in Adobe Illustrator terms. Question for you all. Which stadium on the schedule next year is most appealing? SoFi in LA or the Roomba in Vegas? I mean, this isn't a real question.
0: It's Vegas 100% of the time. The stadium,
3: the though. The stadium, LA. I'd actually the destination.
2: I'm looking forward to SoFi. Fo- actually, no. the stadium I'm looking forward to most, if it's on the schedule, is Tottenham Hotspur over in London.
0: Well, yeah, duh. I mean, that's going to be the greatest thing ever. <laughs>
2: no, give, we're talking stadiums. Give me LA.
3: This thing's going to be... This thing is going to be like nothing anyone's ever seen.
0: It doesn't matter. The other one is also new and in Vegas.
3: But no, we're just talking stadium. Do you think there's going to be gambling in there?
0: Mm, not- probably not. Oh, they probably have no, like I th-
3: slot machines. No, I think there here. is in in uh, the T-Mobile arena. I think there's like a section of it. Probably just like
0: slot machines. I don't think you can bet on the games. Why? Uh, They probably just. They don't want to encourage people getting more upset about th- what things are happening. And this
2: is what the NFL needs to fix because when you go to a soccer game in England, you can bet on the game right there
0: at the stadium. That's li- they are never going to do that. Why? Actually, not never. It's just going to take a while. Why?
2: Because we're a bunch of Puritans over here? No, mm-hmm.
0: because they're just afraid of like people getting drunk and having thousands of dollars on the line and freaking out. Okay, well then if it's you, gonna happen either way, yeah, but they it, don't want to. They don't want to be responsible. What's wrong for with personal it?
2: responsibility? You get drunk, you bet money, you lose. What's on you,
3: dumbass. Well, then if you can't bet in the <laughs> game, wow. If you can't bet in the game, then
0: for sure, give me L. A. Uh, give me no, the stadium. You, can, you literally. Swing by New York, New York, on no, your way no, no, no. walking We're over talking to the stadium.
3: Stadium, just stadium.
0: No, I, the stadium, the surroundings of the stadium count in the stadium.
3: I was in Vegas for a wedding in October and I didn't see the stadium. How far away is it?
0: It's right. So if, if T-Mobile like... Arena is on one side of the highway on mm-hmm. those the strip side, yeah, it's literally just right across the other side of the highway. Okay. So have you I'm seen? I'm sure it? they'll have like an underground bridge or something. Like yeah, that. have you seen it? No,
1: I've yeah. been
0: to Vegas in a really long time, and it makes me sad. Wow, March Madness! But I think I'll be there twice in the next few months. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: um. So yeah, give me L. A.
0: Mace, did you choose? You I chose. Choose. You can't. You gotta choose one of these two. Why? I because he's asking us for advice, and you're the tiebreaker.
2: So far, for the stadium there itself. Sorry. There we go.
3: There we go. Love it, Mace. Wrong and actually, one thing
2: I'm looking forward to about SoFi is the fact that it's going to be such an easy jaunt from LAX that it should be a very efficient trip as far as after the game. You get done, clo- close your laptop, get an Uber. Take the, it's like 10 minutes to LAX on the Uber. You're there, walk up, you're ten, good. Yeah,
0: 10 minutes without traffic. <laughs> There's no, but, there's nothing that's ten minutes away in LA. When, but when,
2: but when, when you're covering a game, are you leaving with traffic?
0: Well, actually, funny you should ask. Last time I covered a game in LA, I took an Uber to the stadium or to the airport. I got it, I ordered it two hours before I was. I was already in the airport hotel area, which yes. is like five minutes from LAX, maybe ten. Um, I ordered it two hours. Before, and ended up barely making my flight.
3: Oh my! From the God. hotel or from, from the
0: hotel, like Uber from the hotel, because it was too far to walk for sure. Yeah. Um. Waited in traffic for like forty-five minutes. So did you not stay at a hotel oh that had a
2: shuttle? Mm, I wasn't. Uh,
0: I wasn't actually staying at the hotel. I was just hanging out there. Oh, okay. All right. Because like we finished our work early. I only had one night of hotel. The person I was hanging out with had a, another night of hotel. Because
2: when the last time I did it, I, I had a flight like at 10 o'clock on Sunday night and I caught the Uber from dignity health sports park at about seven o'clock and there was no traffic. Yeah. Everything I've never,
0: flipped. I've never even been able to say that sentence in LA. There was no, traffic. <laughs> <laughs> um, Next one is from Aquaman. He says, now this was classic off-season episode. Lots of food talk, no bachelor talk. That does not make it a classic off-season. Wait, did we miss miss DJC
2: 15? We'll circle back.
0: Um, Let's keep it up. Mace is right, as usual. Blueberry Pop-Tarts are the best. Your thoughts on Josh Allen as a backup quarterback next year? I hate that idea. Get someone else, except for Brady or Rivers for the backup. What do you think the Broncos will do?
2: If Brandon Allen is the backup quarterback and Drew Locke gets hurt, the Broncos are going 0-4. Yeah. If Locke Maybe. misses four uh, games. No,
3: I think, I think he has a shot.
2: No. I think
3: we've seen the best of Brandon Allen. But this is in our roundtable, and this has got so many questions this week. You guys must be chomping at the bit for our roundtable this yeah, weekend. it's going
0: to be a good one. It's going to be a great <laughs> one. Yep. Who would have known? All right, we can circle back now. D- yep,
2: DJC15. Number one, woke up Thursday 0-0 zero and zero on my official coaching record. Went to bed 1-0 by a 30-point blowout. As Vic would say, that deserves a good old boom. boom! Nice. <laughs> Number two, speaking of corners, have y'all heard anything on how Callahan is recovering? Nope. Nothing beyond should be ready to go. I haven't heard of any setbacks. Right. Right. So... Number three for Pat. Number four, I have a couple of buddies that are Nuggets and Bengals fans, and they are convinced that the Bengals are going to bungle the number one pick and not get Joe Burrow. LOL. Something that's floating around this morning. We see how David Tepper basically pissed off every owner and other owner in the NFL by driving up the coach's salary price. What about Mark Davis for Mark Rule for for Matt Rule?
0: Why didn't Mark Davis piss everyone off? Why didn't he drive up the cost of coaches? Because
2: at least John Gruden had a, had some skins on the wall, so to speak. Fair enough. With Matt Rule, literally one year in the NFL as an assistant O-line coach <laughs> and then a college coach. Well, anyway, what's floating around this morning is apparently the Panthers want to make a pro, a play for Joe Brady and will pay through the nose to make Joe Brady their offensive coordinator. And... Let's Good. say the Bengals go down to the senior bowl and say, hey, we really like Justin Herbert. Maybe the Panthers and Bengals play ball and the Panthers move up to number one. I love it. If Joe Brady is their offensive coordinator. First of all, right?
0: I love that they're going after Joe Brady. Genius move. Yep. Everyone should be doing it. <laughs> um, second of all, the, ba- the Bengals cannot be that dumb. That would be, that would be so bad.
2: So even if the Panthers offered four number one overall picks... To go for aren't they where the Panthers sit are they um They're probably in the middle seventh of the I think oh, yeah
0: okay. um yeah if they offer four number one picks, you definitely take it you do yeah I do I don't
2: would you offer that if you're the Panthers, especially if you've hired Joe Brady
0: yes uh no I don't think Joe Burrows that that good
2: but he's with the coach that got the most out of him the coach that's his whisperer
0: four First pit, first round picks.
2: That's huge. You're not gonna. You're, you're, you're literally would you saying, do three?
0: You're literally saying Joe Brady or Joe Burrow come in here and you're never gonna have any good players around you. Well, yeah, yeah, Christian I McCaffrey. I would do three, definitely. Three is a yeah. is more of a conversation for me. Even though it's you're still, I mean, three first round picks to move up six spots. I realize it's number one, which makes it a, like a million times more valuable than everything else. But man, uh, if you're doing it for the Panthers, I could sign off on three. Yeah. Four seems like one of those deals that everyone looks back at and they're like, yeah, that might have seemed like it was obvious at the time. Like, just do it, do whatever you have to, you have to, and now they can't get any good players in here. Yeah, yeah, four is a ton. And it's not like they're like a young blossoming roster.
2: It's true, but you do have a dynamic player in McCaffrey.
0: You do, for sure. A very
2: dynamic building, block. and that's
0: going to be a – like Burrow and McCaffrey would be a. A beastly combination. It would have been with Cam Newton if he didn't break. Right.
2: Number five. The Bachelor is just the upscale version of the Flavor of Love with Flava Flav. Both are trash TV, LOL.
0: No, the bat, fl- Flavor of Love was just trying to rip off The Bachelor, and no one's <laughs> been able to successfully do that. But don't <laughs> knock
2: Flava Flav because the Steve Atwater film Dead Tone was a Flava Flav night tale.
0: Oh, my God.
2: <laughs> the film that gave us all
0: seventy-five. Um,
2: the fact that Steve Atwater made a movie there was is one of also the greatest a things shot ever. Shot at
0: love with Tila Tequila. There was, oh my gosh! Um, something uh, like something with Brett Michaels. I forget what that one was called. Oh Everyone's tried it. It's just you can't beat The Bachelor.
3: And DJC fifteen also says, "Speaking of quality shows, Chuck is a quality show. Binged it. binge watched it last year. Yes. What is on my side identity?" It's about a very smart nerd that works for, that gets this thing in his head that makes him like super, have superpowers.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Seems realistic. Next (laughs) one's from Nick Scott. Next one's from Nick Scott. He says, okay, unpopular opinion time. Great value Pop Tarts are better than the name brand. Wow. There I said it. Come on. (laughs) I don't even buy that.
3: I'm
2: sorry. That's. uh, I feel like they'd be more cardboardy.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm willing to try everything. I just don't believe that could be possible. He also says, also, RK Chocolate Fudge is really good. Have a good one, guys. I don't think I would ever deny that. I'm sure it's great. I was going to say,
3: wouldn't it be bad, to,
2: hard to mess that up? Yeah, like,
0: chocolatey <laughs> bread stuff is so, going to be good. So,
2: I talked about eating my Pop-Tarts without cooking them. The S'mores Pop-Tart, if I try this, do I need to put it in the toaster, or can I eat it cold? Oh, it's put
0: it over the definitely fire? good either way. Okay. Um, but... I would recommend toasting it. I mean, it's a s'more. You want it to be warm.
3: Okay. (laughs) Next one coming in from Iceman. Hey, friends. Allie, come on. Philly booze good old St. Nick on Christmas Day. If you spend $300 a ticket, boo away, fanatics. Mace. Fish burritos—they're awesome. I had one yesterday for lunch at Illegal pizza I would—you ne- no. lived up. <laughs> I would never eat a fish taco. Now I would have to give up my my favorite food, burritos, as well. Go Broncos! No fish food at Empower Field, please.
2: I haven't had fish at Empower Field. I have had a lobster <laughs> roll at Empower Field.
3: I have too. I think you probably had fish at Empower Field. It just wasn't called fish.
2: Damn, <laughs> mystery meat. <laughs> um.
0: Yeah, fish is amazing. Seafood's amazing. Yeah. My favorite food is sushi, so.
2: What's yeah. your favorite sushi place?
0: Ooh, there's so many good ones. Let me just make sure we're not sponsored you... by any. No, we aren't. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, did you ever go to sushi den? Still haven't been. Wow. Got a, And now I'm back on keto, so it's going to be long. <laughs> um, my favorite sushi place, there's a lot. My favorite is in Boulder. It's called Japango. Yeah. Okay. Um, it's really good i've been going there since i was like eight years old um there's one down here by where i live there's a Hapa down here that's always a good go-to they have a great happy hour Mm -hmm. that sort of stuff um and then there's one in the highlands called uh, i believe it's called mizu izakawa and it's really good also a really great happy hour
3: you're killing me i I could eat sushi right now for sure
0: you can i honestly haven't had like a (laughs) sit-down sushi restaurant that i didn't like I He'd, love sushi so much. Bad sushi would be terrifying. Yeah. And I think that's why they know that. They, like all these places that are sushi restaurants right. take very close care with what they're serving. Right. In. They don't <laughs> yes.
2: well who wants to poison their
0: guests. I exactly. Mean, unless they're you know
1: sadistic.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: I mean. Also, uh Japango and I'm sure other places <laughs> do this, does an all you can eat sushi. Ooh. Do it. I always do it on my birthday and Uh-oh absolutely go in oh man
2: but they are tyrannical about the fact that if you don't finish what you eat you're getting charged full price for every bite that you don't eat actually oh,
0: really? uh, this place unless they changed it it was just 50 cents per roll you don't finish. really wow yeah. which still i don't allow that to happen <laughs> <laughs> i'll handicap myself for days anyway <laughs> to make sure <laughs> i don't pay that 50 cents
3: Left hook Larry chimes in and says, I might be in minority, but I would love to have the Broncos on Hard Knocks. As y'all already mentioned, Locke and Vaughn would embrace the spotlight, and I'd enjoy seeing more insight into this preseason. I think this next year will be considered the true beginning of the Locke era, and it would be fun to have Hard Knocks to look back on as our true turning point when we've won a few Super
2: Bowls. Just as long as they let Hard Knocks be illuminating. If they do what they did in Oakland, which is basically whitewash the whole thing. Boring. Boring. Don't want any part of that. Right, right. Lou Drock. Hey, guys, question for you. What record next season do you think puts Vic in trouble? I feel like the Broncos have finally turned a corner, and assuming we don't have terrible luck with injuries, there's already an expectation next year that we finish with a winning record. Do you think a record of 7-9 and nine or worse puts Vic in trouble? What do you think his minimum goal is to ensure job security? I guess a lot depends on... Why we have that record, if the O doesn't perform, then perhaps Skang's is a casualty and Vic keeps his job. Thanks, Charlie.
0: You cannot keep firing coaches every two years. You cannot do it. You'll, you'll get yourself into a never-ending cycle. And so I think there is a number that Vic gets in trouble. Seven and nine is definitely not it. It's closer to like four and 12 or worse. I would say
2: six and 10 is probably the number at which he's in trouble but survives. So when does he lose his job? If he if they go si- if they go 6 and 10 or 7 and 9, the seat is warm going into 2021. If they go 5 and 11 or worse, I think they may pull the trigger. If it's 6 and 10 or 7 and 9 though, in all, unless it's un- the unlikely circumstance of the defense struggling and the offense balling out, I think you could see Scangarello being a scapegoat if the offense struggles and they're 6-10 or 7-9 and nine again.
0: Here's what's unavoidable. If the Broncos go 0-16 and, and Vic Fangio gets fired, John Elway cannot avoid the label coach killer. He, it's unavoidable.
2: If they go 0-16, I think John Elway's probably shuffled off too.
0: Oh, well, then, then you can get away with that. But you are going to make this a very... Un, uh, unattractive job if Vic Fangio gets fired.
3: Yeah, maybe hiring Josh McDaniels or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, 4-12, and 12, he's gone. I think anything else, he's fine.
0: I think he gets a third year. And I, The other thing here is I think a lot would have to go wrong for the Broncos to be that bad, and maybe he gets a pass because of it. And I'm not even going to say some of the things that are going through my mind, and I'm just going to touch wood because of my thoughts.
2: But some. But what if it's Drew Lock gets hurt and they had to go with Brandon Allen? Why
0: you got to do that, man?
1: Well,
2: let's
0: touch
1: put it out. the damn wood. <laughs>
0: yes, if that thing that we are not going to speak of ever again happens. But you know
2: what? If it if it happens, but you've backstopped the starter with a quality backup you can avoid that sort of fate but if you decide hey Brandon Allen's good enough whose fault is that
0: if they don't have a good backup
2: it's on that's on John Elway and the coaching staff because they're in lockstep that's on everybody
0: it is not on the coaching staff it is 100% on John Elway and you do not get to fire your coach because you didn't supply him with a good backup quarterback what
3: if Drew's just bad the defense is just bad everything's bad then, no one gets hurt. Everything's bad. Then, then Justin are getting fired.
2: Then Justin Fields is your quarterback in 2021. Or because Trevor you're, Lawrence. Not, you may not be bad enough to get Trevor Lawrence. Mm,
0: yeah, that's not the worst. Thing I, think in the be, just, not right. I think you have to be. That's not happening. Drew's not going to be bad. The defense isn't going to be bad. So, or maybe you're waiting.
2: To, maybe you're waiting for Sam Howell in 2022.
0: So <laughs> for them to be that bad, a lot has to go wrong. And I think Vic might end up getting a pass. I'm waiting for
3: Arch in 2027. <laughs>
0: Well, maybe Drew is <laughs> towards the end of his career at that point, point. you can bring in, and bring him in. Uh, team Addicts for future. Hey, guys, I love Chris, but we need, to, we need speed because of the Chiefs. I like Fuller or Jones in free agency in an early pick. Top three priorities in the draft needs to be OL, DB, and wide receiver in that order. Hard to find value OL late. You can get a good DB in the second. This is a deep wide receiver class, and you can wait. Vic will find an interior guy out of his hat. Uh, I disagree with the order, but I like the point earlier. Mike Munchek has never needed high draft picks to create good offensive lines.
2: That's why Patrick Morris is worth discussing. I do not he like that
0: point.
3: Why? I don't. I don't like it because I'm all down for giving Mike Munchek four draft picks on day three to get his guys. But because of that, don't just deprive him. Make his job a little easier. Give well, him, give him the necessary resources, and give him, give him the the gambles late on day three. Don't just make him have that.
0: What if he's telling you though, like,
3: like make my life uh, hard? Don't no. What give if he's saying anything? like,
0: I can do the same thing? What's the dude out of USC, Andrew er, Austin, Jackson. Austin Jackson? Austin Jackson. I want to call him Andrew Jackson, former president. Um, yeah, I know a history thing. Um, <laughs> I, I was gonna like what if he says like I can do the same thing with Austin Jackson that I can do with Tristan Wirfs so you don't need to you don't need to go at fifteen they, so you so, better
2: have multiple options because let's say the draft falls and you don't get him if if it's someone other than Tristan Wirfs you say okay give me three guys that you think you can work with three tackles maybe it's Austin Jackson maybe it's also Prince Tega Wanogu from Auburn. Three guys that you could get on. Austin Jackson might be available on day two. I feel pretty confident. Oneogu is going to be there when you pick in the second round.
3: Well, and let's say he does say Austin Jackson. That's still a first round pick. That's fine. That that that's totally fine. I'm just saying, don't give him scraps. And what if expect... he's telling you like
0: guys who are going to be available on, on day two? <sighs> that's fine. It's fine. So you're right now. You're saying, oh well, uh, a tackle at 15. That's what you want. I think so.
2: I want Tristan Werfs if he's there at fifteen.
0: Not Thomas.
2: I don't think Thomas is going to fall that far. I've so accepted. You, okay. I've accepted that if you want Andrew Thomas, you probably got to pick in the top seven.
3: Werfs haven't hasn't announced that he's uh, coming out.
2: It's true. I'm nervous Yikes.
3: about
0: that? Yeah, that's terrible news. Yeah. I would think it would make You're sense. You're
2: starting to get the wave of announcements from I mean, like Bialdish announced this week that he was coming out. Oh, congratulations, Mace. Cesar Ruiz from uh, Michigan and other center <laughs> announced he was coming out. So, yeah, you get to hear about Tyler Biotish for the next 3 months. <laughs> a fun, lot of fun people
0: fun. are a like, lot lower on yeah, him than you are. Yeah,
2: Dane Brugler doesn't like him, Mel Kuiper loves him.
0: Mel. I, I yeah, I don't I'm not all that invested in what those guys
2: think.
1: It's yeah. a good, it's a good. Well, that's the thing. Like, place. all of a
2: sudden, like, oh, Dame Bruegler has him 80 something. So, oh my God, you know what? That's just, you know, everyone's got an opinion about this. And some of us are going to be right and some of us are going to be I wrong. I don't
0: have, like, I'm sure there are people who are more accurate on these things. I don't have guys that I trust more than the other. I like right. to see where people have things and then I just watch it myself and then I make my own. Call. I
2: like to have, I have my own top 100 and then I like to take about 10 top 100s and. Do kind of a I like to get a consensus, and then I kind of see. And then when I'm doing all my draft day stuff, it's like okay, well, this is kind of where the the if you believe in kind of the wisdom of a crowd, this is sort of where the crowd had him. Right. Yeah. Where it it's all like adds the up to composite. It. It's like the Rotten Tomatoes thing, you know. You you have the Tomatometer, which is what. 500 critics, basically.
0: They love that you use the, the branded <laughs> name that they came up with for that. I
2: know I should, g- I feel a little dirty saying that and giving him the pub. <laughs> but I, I, I do use it and I, I do lean on that. This one from, I better say this correctly, Mike Hawk. Instead of Mike Cock? <laughs> <laughs> Good gravy, Zach. Come on.
0: What? All he said was Mike Hawk.
3: (laughs) I mean, it says it right here, just Mike Hawk.
2: Mike Hawk. (laughs) This will sound very unconventional and downright strange, but trust me, it works. Take strawberry Pop-Tarts, toast them, and then use it as a spoon to eat your fruity pebbles. Weird, I know. That is not the right shape. (laughs) The crispness of the Pop-Tart sets off the sogginess of the cereal. Let's face it, Fruity Pebbles get soggy way too fast, be enjoyable, but this is the fix.
0: Not a Fruity Pebbles guy. Does it sound good with any cereal? S'mores, Pop-Tart, Cocoa Pebbles. Yeah, Mike, if you're
2: listening to this, Mm -hmm. and we trust you are, please chime in and tell us, had you ingested some edibles? (laughs) Had you had a six-pack of Breck brew when you came up with this? This is not something you came up with of normal science, mind and body, I'm guessing here. This is something that where you... That's how
0: people feel about your um, Christmas Day burrito. Yeah, exactly. (laughs)
2: That there was some chemical influence involved. Maybe some medication. I don't know. (laughs) But you can do any... You can turn anything into a burrito.
0: That sounds like a mess. I just... What's... Where's the milk go? The milk just sagifies. But like... So you got to like sit it in there 7 minutes soak
3: so it soaks in and then But the problem is when you pull it out it's just going to be like Psst.
2: Yeah, so I would think you know, I would think the apart. milk would cause the pop tart to cro- to to dissolve. Yeah. You know? And then next thing you know you've got no food. Maybe this is
3: a business idea making it spoon shaped.
2: Spoon shaped pop tarts. <laughs>
0: yes. Wow. Uh, I don't know. I'm confused by my cock. <laughs>
1: Let's
2: save that as a drop.
0: Uh, I can't see it, oh. Mike Hawk.
1: <laughs>
3: uh, Allie in the other room, just uh, probably just like you guys, not
0: really understanding what's going on. The commenter's name is Mike Hawk. That's all we're saying. I don't know what everyone's getting so riled up about.
2: Well, back in the day when we hosted uh, NFL.com chat sessions back around 2000, if we couldn't get enough people, we'd come up with our own questions on the staff. And so we had our share of names. Uh, There was one that I used to use, last name ACIO, first name Phil.
0: Ah, yes. Waiting for Zach to get it. Waiting for it.
2: No, not getting it. ACIO. ACO, first name Phil.
0: Maybe Zach doesn't know that word. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe not.
2: (laughs) Now that's out of the way. Back to Mike Hawk. On to the Broncos. Looking at Kubiak's successes in Minnesota, how much better could the Broncos season have been if we brought him in as OC instead of Skangy? It's possible that Kubiak would have brought Locke in earlier, and we could have had a shot at a wild card spot. Plus, Denver would have had three coaches with head coaching level talent in Vic, Munchak, and Kubiak. Uh, I, I don't know if he would have brought Drew Locke in sooner. I don't no. think he would have.
0: Famous um, Paxton... Opportunity Stealer, uh, Gary Kubiak, wasn't bringing in Drew Locke any sooner. Yeah. So Sorry. Just picked up what you guys were, oh. were putting <laughs> down. I, I was
4: spelling it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: Can we get a definition for that or not on this podcast? Mm, probably not. Okay. No, okay. no. Yeah, probably Let not. Let
2: people look that one up. <laughs> Keep up the great work, guys. But seriously, if there's any new listeners tuning in, don't stop Listening this off season. Oh,
1: wow. (laughs) The
2: podcast this time of year only gets better. From food to the bachelor and whatever the heck else come up, it's some of the funniest content around. Ryan, Zach, Mace, keep having fun. I'm glad to be riding along with y'all. So long, Mike Hawk.
0: Fleetwood Mac?
3: Yes. Okay, all right. Mike Hawk delivering again. Yes. Big way. Big way. (laughs) That's what she said.
0: Oh, God.
1: <laughs> wow.
0: You thought yesterday was good. Oh, man. Okay. All right. All right.
2: <laughs> but can we recover from that?
0: Uh, may- maybe not. But it's probably a good time for us to talk about Breckenridge Brewery. And if you want to eat Fruity Pebbles with a Pop Tarts as a spoon, Breckenridge Brewery can probably get you to a place where that seems like a good idea. So make sure you go down to your local liquor store. Maybe it's Davidson's, maybe it's Total Beverage. Who knows? Uh, but make sure you head down there and get yourself some Breck brews, and then you can spoon Fruity Pebbles into your mouth with a pop part. And you know where you can pair the delicious Breckinridge brew with something that's
3: probably even better? That's Bojo's. Mm. Because Bojo's, you can pair it. It's, it's pretty much the match made in heaven with the perfect honey crust pizza that you can also dip in honey. It's infused in honey. And you guys know that it is the true Colorado mountain pie locals favorite place like us and also people that are just passing by stopping in it's also their favorite place there's five front range locations that you can go to so make sure that you check them out and they're giving the dnvr family a free honey cheese bread with the purchase of an entree how how does that sound honey cheese
0: bread well let's just think of Things that are great in life, honey, cheese, <laughs> and bread. <laughs> How can mixing them together not be amazing? And you pair
3: that up with a Breck brew?
0: Come on. Here's the thing, guys. I cannot eat that right now. I've never had it, and I cannot eat that on keto. I'm going to need you to go to Bojo's, get the honey cheese bread, and give me a review.
3: And they'll give it to you for free. For free. <laughs> you just mentioned DNVR
0: when you're there. So you get
3: a delicious Colorado Mountain Pie and a free honey cheese bread. Man, Ryan, I feel bad just talking about it
0: right, around here. It's kind of messed up. Yeah. Kind
3: of messed up. I'm sorry.
0: Okay. Let's move on. And let's get to the next question from Blue Ridge Bronco. Mm-hmm. We'll T Max sure, for Future. you sure think. how you
3: say that? Be, be careful how you say that. Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. A- <laughs> I
2: think T Max
0: for Future is actually next. No, time. we already got that one. Okay. I think,
3: right? Yep. Yep. So Blue Ridge Bronco 52 says, okay, hear me out. There is a place for strawberry unfrosted Pop-Tarts in your breakfast regime. Stop that. Toast said Pop-Tarts and right out of the toaster spread with a bit of salted sweet cream butter. Non-appetite. Bon appétit. Bon appétit, yes. bon mm-hmm. gentlemen. A sweet, buttery breakfast pastry. Why does it have to be salted? Salted though? sweet cream butter? That sounds like Is that just something that people just have? It sounds like you're going to like a, you know, a, a new age restaurant.
0: Or like uh it sounds like it might be a um flavor of ice cream at like a trendy ice cream place like or salted of- caramel yeah, yeah. flavor of coffee at starbucks oh that's mm-hmm. definitely going on top of your folder.
2: <laughs> yes.
3: back to football if we don't retain chris Harris jr and free agent wait before we do that, why not just do that with a frosted strawberry pop tart mm. you know why not just throw the s- salted sweet cream butter on top right yeah. Why not more sugar?
2: Yeah, ever, ever thought I'm, about I'm that? Down except for the, I'm down except for the salted part. Why do we need to salt it?
3: A lot of people like salt with their sweets. I yeah, know they do. I don't get it. I don't either. I don't either. Uh, he goes on back to football. If we don't retain Chris Harris Jr. in free agency, who is the most realistic option for Broncos and Fangio's D? Bradbury, Fuller, Jones, or another? Keep up the great work, gents. P.S. A hot dog is a sandwich.
1: <laughs> it is. No, it's not. No, it's
3: not. It's hard not. Yeah, probably not. So, at, at, out of the free agent cornerbacks, who's, Byron the best, Jones. who's the best tackler?
0: Oh, I don't know. Is Byron Jones a good tackler? But Byron Jones is the best fit for this team. Yeah, I
3: defense. think so, too. And that, that's who I've kind of leaned to whenever we've talked about these guys. I think
2: Brad is probably a little better schematic fit Okay,
3: than hmm. Byron Jones. So, not, not Kendall, Kyle, or Will Fuller?
2: I well, <laughs> is Kyle Fuller going to be available? I have no idea. So then yeah. it'll be Kendall that's available. Yes, yes. There we go. See? Will I don't
0: I don't know about is he we playing don't know this if, week? We that's don't actually know. really important. We don't know if he's available. It is important. Game time. You got the next one, Mace?
2: Yes, I do. I've got it right here. This one from
0: Mandon Mandon McBrannis.
2: Okay, <laughs> Wild Berry is the best Pop Tart hands down. Hot Fudge Sunday is the best dessert flavor, but S'mores is a close second. But I think what we can all agree on is knockoff Pop-Tarts are gross. My soul died a little when Zach made that ungodly statement. There's two things I absolutely don't compromise on by buying off-brand versions, (laughs) Pop-Tarts and toilet paper. Can't you use for the same thing? Right?
0: Yeah, we had a a, a a mishap around here recently where we accidentally bought the wrong toilet paper. Mm, it's been uh, yeah, it's been unpleasant. No, yeah. It's, yeah, It's a
3: mistake you make once. Yep. You yep. know
2: what you do when you buy it? You say, okay, we made the mistake, but we're not going to use it as toilet paper. Maybe we'll use it to clean up messes around the kitchen and all that. But no, you, you don't skimp. you got to go for Charmin. You've got to go for something soft.
0: I'm not responsible enough to go back to the store. Like it's it's a one trip thing. We made the mistake. (laughs) Got to live with it until the next store trip. The good thing is, there are some things
2: you can't live with. I can't live with discomfort
1: (laughs) in that area of life.
3: The good thing: if you buy the wrong toilet paper, you're going to need more in like 48 hours, so you're fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, Pop tarts. What else can you not skimp on? cereal? Just you're not buying. Like you can't buy the off brand cereals.
2: Honestly, off brand sodas. Like oh, I can, yeah. like I can tell, like if you buy like Mountain Lightning instead of Mountain Dew, like, no, <laughs> no, not working.
0: Uh, um, there are some. I I I might be in the minority here. I like the like New Age kind of like natural sodas that they have. At some like uh, the more like fancier right cane you know, sugars and yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, like that stuff is always good
2: to mm-hmm. me. Yeah, you can't do uh, off-brand uh, Doritos
0: chips. I've never had off-brand chips. If you go with just straight
3: tortilla chips and you're smothering it in salsa, it's fine.
2: But once you add the flavor, like the nacho cheese flavor. Right, right. They put a
0: lot of work into making that not taste like plastic. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. He says, anyways, I can talk about Pop-Tarts all day. I think the most concerning thing about the Patriots' cheating scandals is that they've been caught against the Jets and Bengals and Deflate Gate against a Colts team they tore apart anyway. One would have to assume that if they're spying on the one-win Bengals... They're spying on much better opponents too. No doubt. Also, after the Deflate Gate, if they had cheated twice and been caught twice, it should discourage the existence of a third scandal, implying probably that they have a winning record in getting away with cheating proportionate to their winning record in football games during the Brady era. Obviously these are assumptions, they are nothing that they could be convicted on, but I can I think can and should be considered when necessitating the severity of their punishment. What are your thoughts on that? Sorry for the long comment. Thanks to all at DNVR for everything you do.
2: I think they should be considered in assessing the severity of the punishment. I don't think that the implication that, oh, they must have been doing it against other people is going to be considered because you can only go by what you've got in front of you. Now, I do think the fact that they've been caught multiple times, this is why the their, protest, their protestations of saying, oh, football wasn't involved with this thing with the Bengals game, it rings hollow. I don't I, care. I don't believe... The Patriots on this, and they have zero credibility because of not only what they've done, but because of what one of their people did when he went to another team here in Denver. This yeah. is an this is
0: Shenanigans, a pattern. I
2: believe we call that. This is institutional.
0: And honestly, I do not like take away a draft pick for them for this thing. And I don't care. The burden is on you. To make sure that no one thinks you are cheating if you are actually clean. But I don't believe they're actually clean. I think they're cheating left and right all the time. And so now they need to be punished. And I don't care if they complain and stomp and throw a fit about it. You're losing a draft pick. And now you're going to realize that you need to be on the forefront of making sure that no one thinks you're cheating. Take away their 2021 first round pick.
3: Oh, i take away first-round picks for the next three years. If you take away 2021, that's all that's going to matter. Because they're going to be so bad this year? Yep. Tank for Trevor? Yep. And then they can't get Trevor. That'd be crazy.
2: But yeah. I like it for three years because they can't get. Tr- then they can't get Trevor. They can't get Sam Howell. They're <laughs> oh, 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 a creek without a paddle.
3: Yep. That's when, that's when Brady or Belichick should just retire this year. Oof. Yep. Leave the organization in the worst place possible.
2: And then he'd be back coaching next year. Maybe it should be like the NCAA where there has to be a show cause for you to hire him after this. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Count Locula. With Munchak in the house, I think we can draft road grader, run-blocking offensive lineman in rounds three and four. Guys that can show decent pass pro aided by locks mobility and can open lanes for our featured back number 30. These types of dudes should be available later, and since this offense is predicated on the success of the run, and the threat of play-action surprises. We need to focus on big beasties up front that can carve lanes. Then in the first and second round, we grab flashy playmakers that can give Locke some chef-esque weapons. we got to be able to score 30 to to beat those boys. 20 ain't going to get it done against them. Locke's sack rate was already so low. I think we can get some lesser O-line draftees and have success on O with speed guys at wide receiver. I think we need two more. Your thoughts love the count. Well... The one thing about kind of the big road graders are they necessarily the best fit for what this offensive scheme is? No, nope. you're looking for guys who are light on their feet, guys who have agility, guys with intelligence.
0: Could we ever get to a point where offensive linemen are as specialized as defensive linemen, and you could bring in uh, like road graders on first down? As ru- like running downs, yeah. the same way that the defensive line changes up. No, because then I think you're tipping your hat too much. But that, but you I would can be also open to a coach trying that, right? You know, if you get the defense thinking it's run, then play actions even more set up. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be very open. Maybe that's the next step uh,
3: in, in the next wave. Instead of in college, like that, that's the next wave that comes
2: up.
0: The yeah, only that's interesting. The only thing I will say is that it's really hard to find a few good linemen in the first place. Right. So having enough to switch them out. It's probably a long ways down the and road. And you would have
2: to change how many guys you activate on game day because right now you've got, what, seven offensive linemen that are active. And if you're shuffling guys in and out based on downs, all of a sudden you may have to think about having, what, nine offensive linemen up on the forty-six. Right.
3: And uh, Count, you know how I feel about this. Yes, give Mike Munchak depth, clay to mold in the 2nd, 3rd, 4th, 5th, 6th, 7th. Give him all those picks but if he wants a first-rounder, give him that first-rounder. Don't just say, you've been good in the past. G- give him those pieces to, to make them good players,
2: but then give him that piece that he can make exceptional. And like we talked about Gary Kubiak and how he maximized you know, quarterbacks from the middle and late rounds. Well, what would have happened if you given him – what happened when you gave him a guy who had all the tools? It was John Elway, working with Mike Shanahan, of course. The results were phenomenal.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, Grant says, yo, Zach is a Chuck fan. That's it. That's my comment. Great comment, Grant. Tater Tot Tom says, what is your favorite dish to make for others, and what makes it good?
2: Enchiladas smothered in red and green chili. What makes it good is I not only use beef, but I I mix in chorizo, ground chorizo. So it's a beef chorizo mixture that I have as part of the enchilada filling. And also, in addition to the cheddar and Monterey Jack, I throw in some mozzarella as part of the cheese blend. Mm.
3: I'm going veggies on the grill. Now, obviously, you supplement it with a nice sausage of something, but uh, some bok choy,
0: some corn. You do it right with the seasonings; it's so good. All right, I expect both of you to make this for me. In Absolutely, the <laughs> and of course, my favorite thing to make for others: dishwasher salmon. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> Which I have still never made, but I know about. Um, Wait, you've never made it? My family has. I've never been the person administering the how, cycle. How old were you? Uh, like ten. They tricked you. No, they
3: They cooked it in the oven and they put it in the dishwasher said, Ryan, go see what's in the dishwasher. What we just (laughs) cooked for you. Yep, And it was cooked to perfection. I bet I'm
0: going to make it for you and you're going to eat it. (laughs) Are you going to eat it? Yeah, I'll eat it too. Okay. It's the best way to make salmon. Tried and true.
2: Mm. Do you need to be cooking salmon though? You're a sushi enthusiast. The best way to eat salmon is oh, 100%. Sushi. sushi. Yeah,
3: definitely. Well, that that's my concern with it is that it will be sushi, but it's no. going to be a pound of
0: sushi you without get, rice or any other things on it. real hot in that dishwasher.
2: The problem is – I also
0: can... now have a steamer – what are those things called? A ninja uh, – uh, an instant pot. Oh. Which Ooh. you could definitely steam oh, salmon yeah. in yeah. easier than in the dishwasher. But I'm I doing trust it in the that. dishwasher.
3: Okay, you have yours in the dishwasher. I'll have mine in the instant pot. We'll – Review.
0: All right. Or compare. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I make a mean um queso mac and cheese. Oh, what is that? It's delicious. What kind
2: of queso is there? Any green chili in there? Or just yeah. Queso? Oh
0: yeah, green chili queso. Okay. Oh. Uh, jalapenos. Yep, that sounds good. And then
2: is this keto friendly?
0: Certainly not. <laughs> and then I also uh, another very un keto friendly thing. I make the best stuffing. Mm. Yep, I have heard
3: about the stuffing.
0: Next one's from Bleed Orange Blue. Boys, you all debated what would be a good overtime fit for the NFL. I don't have a great idea, but the overtime I like is the extra holes in golf tournaments. I remember when the Masters goes extra holes on a championship Sunday. The players who are tied plays holes 10 and 18 over until A, someone wins, or B, there's no more daylight. Another major, the U.S. Open, has players who are tied play another 18 holes the next day. Uh, See the U.S. Open at Torrey Pines in 2008. Yes, of course. Tiger Woods and uh, Rocco Mediate. Mediate. Rocco Mediate. One of the great
2: names of all time.
0: Yes. Yep. Tiger Woods won that tournament on a freaking broken leg. That is probably the most historic win ever in golf. <clears throat> um, yeah, I don't know how you can apply that to the NFL, but I do. <laughs> I love playoff golf. It's I so do too. good. I Does do the too. British
2: Open still do the four-hole playoff?
0: Three-hole, I think. is it okay. 4 I think it's a three-hole playoff. Okay. Uh, on a related note, or on a football note. It is
2: hole. They changed it from four to three. Okay. okay.
0: On a football note, RK said he would trade up if Judy is around in the lower part of the top ten of the draft. Why wouldn't you do that for one of the top O-linemen as well? I feel that is much more glaring need on the Broncos than a playmaking wide receiver like Judy. I understand that he could be the next Julio Jones. However, don't we want Locke to be the QB in Denver for the next 15 years? Remember why Andrew Luck retired?
1: No. Remember no, like why you, you hired Lee Mike Munchak?
0: Nope. That's, I, don't, I, I don't do that. I think Judy can change your team in a much, much greater fashion than an offensive lineman can.
3: I do it. In this draft, I do it for, you know, a third, second round pick to move up. I'm not, I'm not doing two firsts. Uh, if, if that guy is there. And if that's, if that's where – if Andrew Thomas falls,
2: yeah. How often is a Jerry Judy in the draft? Every two or three years in terms of quality receiver every year? Neither. So no, yeah. so, which dra- so who's there? More- Five or so years. Okay, so what you're saying is that there are Tristan Wirfs in the draft more often than Jerry Judy's. Most certainly. And when you're talking about trading up and sacrificing draft capital, it's got to be for somebody who is a more rare talent in the draft.
0: Yes. And I think Mike Munchek should be able to protect Drew Locke. He's not, he sh- not going to get slaughtered back there. He got sacked fewer than any rookie quarterback in terms of sack rate.
2: This, they scheme to help him out, but yes, his feel and his escapability help make that possible. You
0: guys are higher on
3: Garrett Bulls and Vic Fangio and John Elway. John Elway himself—they No, they aren't. They're the guys, ones who are going to roll with him
2: for this year. Availability, I, look, I, that's, I think you that's can. His best trait, guys, I, but they're going to roll with him. That yeah. means they like him more than us. And but no, but, you're but you are saying you wouldn't. But I think you are making your your tackle plan for twenty twenty one with guys that are probably going to be your backups in twenty twenty. Right, so you you find them in rounds 3 and 4.
3: I don't think John always as as sold as it seemed to be. But I don't even really think it seemed to be like he was sold.
0: He's no one's sold. It's just but they know that that's the world they have to live in. <laughs> Nick
3: Geyer, 813 says, "Wow, I'm almost done with this pod this morning and I got to say your comments on covering the team and especially Mace's comments on being being let go was awesome. Not that you being let go was awesome or but the, honesty, but the was, honesty was, I think that's why you guys get a passionate following because you keep it straight. And I truly appreciate, as an aspiring writer, what you guys do from top to bottom and behind the scenes. Thanks. Shout out to Spano. Also, I'm deaf. hashtag team Seinfeld, like Mace, although I am the same age as ZNRK. Cheers, boys.
0: I'm team Seinfeld and I haven't even watched it to start to finish. I just know <laughs> I'm going to like it.
2: True champ fan 24. Hey, guys, couple of things. Number one, s'mores, pop tarts are life. I break them apart, put them in a bowl, and cover them with milk. Pop-Tart cereal.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. that sounds like a more efficient uh, combination of Pop-Tarts and cereal.
2: Then with the butter and yes. the or Why
3: not? Butter.
0: Why not also just throw some Fruity Pebbles over that? No, no, no. Choc- chocolate Pebbles or oh, Cocoa okay. Pebbles. Okay. Sure.
2: Number two. Do you guys like mixing cereals? No.
0: I'm a yes. big fan. It can no.
2: happen. No, no I'm a
0: big it fan. can happen.
2: I-, I tried that with Cocoa crispies and Cinnamon Toast Crunch. <laughs> Oh, no. Well, that's
0: because you mix two Didn't, things that well, don't go together that well.
2: Well, put me off of mixing. Like, no, I, d- I don't
3: know. want my Thanksgiving food touching, but my cereals are mixed. Oh, why. Zach doesn't like any of his food touching. No, so your burrito sounded awful.
2: Okay. I'm not going to well, lie. Of course, then again, we like different things. So you things. don't like burritos? No, I do. I <laughs> do <laughs> like it. But I like different. But I you like don't it. like your burrito <laughs> bumping into like mashed potatoes? But I like plate. it when <laughs> syrup <laughs> on my pancakes bumps into my eggs. Oh, Yeah, me too. And
0: sausage and bacon.
2: Oh, that syrup on a sausage. Syrup on that. Oh my yeah. god!
0: Yep, so good. <laughs> it's amazing.
2: <laughs> Number two, I'd be comfortable with paying Simmons fifteen million dollars a season. What say you, Zach? Nope.
3: No,
1: noted 12. Simmons yeah. haters. That <laughs> <laughs> seriously. <laughs>
2: Number three for Mister B. Number four, y'all touched on the Denver-San Francisco Super Bowl the other day. Sad but great story about that. My dad was stationed overseas during that Super Bowl. He, being a poor kid from rural East Montana, did not get to watch much football growing up, but was a huge Niners fan. He picked the team when he was younger because of Joe Montana having the same last name as where he lived. My grandma had sent him a Niners t-shirt and a pair of Reebok Niners shoes. It was all he had from home and all the sports gear he had ever owned. Well, come, game, come time for the game, a Broncos fan saw my dad wearing what little gear he had and started mouthing off, and ultimately they made a bet. Loser gets all their gear burnt. Jesus. Needless to say, my dad ended up burning this guy's Elway jersey, Broncos leather jacket, sweats, flag, cards, and a signed picture of the guy with Tom Jackson. Oh my, oh my God! Goodness. Whoa! You know, bet! Bet some beers. Yeah. I mean, Why are we? Bet betting, a meal. Like. Like belonging, like, but also bet, a, make a bet where you gain something. Was this guy just crying
3: the whole time?
2: I don't know. I mean, this is a bet where like you're betting, and you can only lose. You don't. If you win the bet, you get all you get is the satisfaction of burning the the guy's gear. That's. But if, it
0: sounds in this story as if it was that guy's idea. So like he got yeah. what was coming to him. Right. But still, geez, what a terrible bet. But, exactly. Yes.
2: Yeah, you, you don't make that kind of bet at all. I remember this story well. It taught me never to be too confident when it comes to sports and be respectful to other fans because you never know the outcome until the final whistle blows. Wow. Well, what do you
0: think it's the line true. was in that game? The Broncos must have been like fourteen and a half. It was double dogs. digits, yeah. I yeah. believe. Boy. Well, no, I guess they – I think – Weren't they fourteen and a half against the Packers and that was the largest Super Bowl line ever?
2: Uh, I think the largest Super Bowl line ever was actually Super Bowl three, Oh, okay. With the Jets <laughs> and the Colts. <laughs> I
3: was going to say the same thing.
0: Oh, they've –
2: Come on, they've been betting on football <laughs> since time immemorial, guys. Yeah, but I
0: just—I didn't realize they were setting lines. I yeah. figured they were just like, yeah, you can bet on that team or that team.
2: <laughs> Let's see. I'm actually looking it up right now. Super Bowl, any Super Bowl. In um, here. And
3: when, when you're looking that up, True Champ fan also commented said, "Forgot to add, Cafe Rio is better than both Chipotle and Qdoba." Hands down, catch these hands. Otherwise, maybe
2: I had a bad experience at Cafe Rio. I went; I really wasn't all that impressed.
3: Oh, Cafe Rio is so good. I've never been. Their flavors are amazing. Get the sweet pork barbacoa. I think that's what it's called. It is. It's life changing.
2: Okay. Maybe the best meat I've ever had. the The biggest spread was nineteen points. The Niners favored by the by that margin over the Chargers back in Super Bowl twenty nine. Followed by, uh, you had the Rams favored by 14 over the Patriots in Super Bowl 36, the Packers favored by 14 over the Patriots in Super Bowl 31, the Cowboys by 13.5 over the Steelers in Super Bowl 30, and then you get to, the the Broncos were 11-point underdogs in that Super Bowl where they beat the Packers, they were 13-point underdogs when they lost the 49ers. Oh,
0: okay, wow. So maybe it was the biggest underdog at the time that had won? Right.
2: At the time, but then the Giants, when they beat the undefeated Patriots, won as a bigger underdog.
0: Right, yep, and uh, yeah. So bookmaking was all, goes all the way back
3: to the 1920s. Wow. Vegas been making money since then. Yep. Even before. Yep.
2: Wow. Oh, heck yeah. You know, um, those, those gleaming casinos, those those towering hotels, hey, they weren't built by
0: winners. <laughs> yeah. mm. Well, they were built by winners, but they were built because of losers. <laughs> uh,
1: <Yep>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, from the Real Links, hey, guys, I wanted to get on the uniform discussion again. I've always thought it would be really cool if the NFL would let defensive linemen and linebackers wear numbers in the 60s. I, why? I also think that what uh, that instead of wondering about whether the team should go back to the D logo or stick with the current one, I think they should instead try to make a new logo that everyone can learn to love, incorporate aspects from both new and old designs in order to create a better look.
2: Maybe a D with a modern-looking horse. Yeah, that's
0: what I was pulling for. The current the horse in the in the old D is not a good-looking horse. The
2: thin legs.
0: Yeah. Is, yeah. It doesn't it doesn't <laughs> scream power. So maybe a more powerful horse inside the D.
2: And there's another thing I was thinking about if they redesign the uniforms. I would like to see ver- some kind of Limited vertical stripes be a part of it as a nod to the original days. like maybe on maybe on the uh, jersey you have like if it's an orange jersey, you have like two blue and white vertical stripes kind of going down from the collar to the side on the, the side of the neck down the sleeve.
0: What if they and just, that's your nod to the early days? What if just once in a while they have blue and orange vertical striped socks?
2: That would be awesome. Yeah,
0: I think it would, too. It doesn't have to be every game because it's a lot. Sure, but sounds good. once a year, they pull out the vertical striped socks.
2: Yeah. People would go crazy. People would buy those. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: It's like those stupid Indiana warm-ups. The candy stripes? Yeah. <laughs> like, you, like, if you go to Indiana, people would just wear those around. Look at how at
2: Tennessee they use the checkerboard in the end zones. Yep. On, it's, that pattern is on pretty much every uniform now that Tennessee has. Carolina, North Carolina with the Argyle. Yep. The vertical stripes, if you kind of use them on occasion, could be sort of a signature element.
0: I like it. Uh, he goes on, he says, seems like a way to move on from the Pat Bowlin era. I don't think anyone's trying to do that, though.
1: <laughs> <All> right <laughs>
0: <laughs> Something that takes all Broncos history and forms a new look that does the same thing for our look as the Titans or Jets' new unis do for them. I really like the Jets' new unis, by the way. Instead of being divided over orange and blue, have a more equalized look or be the team that does half of their home games in orange and half of them in blue. Overall, I just just think a look to bring the Broncos into the 2020s first would be the best.
2: I think we can all agree on that. Yep. Sure.
0: I had another thought, too. With an unlikely expansion to an 18-game regular season, what if scheduling was divided into thirds? You have six home games, six away games, and six neutral site games. No. Then you could have orange unis at homes, white in away games, and blue in neutral site. Of course, with some teams it might not work, but let's say the Broncos are playing the Patriots and say Dallas. Why would they do this? Both can just wear their, Both can't just wear their blues, but the Pats could have a red uniform for that. That would really pop. Any thoughts? Thanks for the awesome pod.
2: My thoughts on that are that I wish they would have more games, even though I know it looked ugly when the Broncos wore orange and the Browns wore brown. I would like to see more color-on-color games. Like when the Broncos play the Raiders, I'd like to see the Broncos in orange and the Raiders in black.
0: I would not. Oh, black and orange. That works for me. Black and orange, black and orange, black and orange. So it'd be like soccer. Yeah. When there's a clash,
2: you change. When there isn't, you know, like when Manchester United plays Manchester City, United wears red and City wears blue. I like, Done.
0: Um, the, I like the color rush, like monochrome type of looks. And that I'm down with color on color as long as it doesn't clash. But I'm talking like yellow versus blue and black versus orange and that sort of stuff. That looks good. But I don't like the hmm, like blue on green.
3: Thank you for incorporating a non-uniform part in this, so I can get involved in this comment. The real links. Uh, no, you can't have six neutral
2: site
1: games.
0: I mean, there's 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 no defensible reason as to <laughs> no. why you would want to do it. The your-
2: most you would see is one, if ultimately a compromise on scheduling involved a 17th game, right? And more teams playing neutral sites.
1: Yeah. I yeah. agree.
2: It's funny because as we're talking about colors, we just saw two examples on, on NFL Network. Like, wait, right now we're looking at Cowboys-Packers. If the Cowboys wore blue and the Packers wore green, not good. No. Too close to each other. But the clip before was 49ers-Seahawks. The Niners wear red. The Seahawks wear blue. That would look fabulous.
0: It's fine. I just, I, The more contrast, the better for everyone's eyes. But
2: the reason why the white uniforms exist is black and white television. That's what, black first, and why, black and, that's what first brought them into being. To, when, for fans that were watching in increasing numbers on TV, it was a way for them to easily oh. differentiate between the teams. Well, who has a black and white television anymore? White black uniforms
0: and white, and, look great,
2: though. Broncos, on whites, white on whites, chef's
0: white, kiss. White on white. Uh, I,
2: I kinda, my, my mom always says they look like ice cream men when they're white on white ice cream man? oh like the old ice cream oh right outfit. right. yeah ice cream. like she hate you she cream. hated when the bucks used to have white helmets white jerseys and white pants but when they had but when they added orange pants instead of the white she's like that's a good look
0: um white on white on white is a great uniform yeah I agree. Some people call it the stormtrooper, which I can see that, but it still looks dope. Uh last comment here before we do, you guys have to guess the time.
2: <laughs> um
3: Team
0: Addicts for future. What how much how, uh Oh oh before. How oh, long is oh. the how long has the pod been going? Two hours twenty minutes. Two hours thirty two minutes. Two hours eighteen could guess. Uh.
2: All right, but if we're doing Prices Right style, I went over. So
0: that's true. All you lose. All right, thanks. For uh, being so on. <laughs> uh, from Team Addicts for Future, do you guys ever watch Brandon Perna do That's Good Sports on YouTube? Just curious. It's a Bronco Center's channel, of course. Yeah,
3: and of course,
0: we know who Brandon Perna is. He's sat right here in this yes, room with us has. and done this podcast <laughs> less than a year ago. I'm sure um, we'll get Brandon Perna on again. Yes, actually, I think- this week would be great because four is a lot, right? Yeah, well, I
2: don't know. People have been have been asking me to do something with him for a long time now.
0: Well, we can work it out. And yeah. More Perna is never a bad thing. No, yeah. no, we love Brandon.
2: Yes, he's our guy. All right, that is
0: going to wrap it up for us today on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Thank you for everyone who tuned in. Keep those uh, reviews coming in for us on iTunes. We really, really appreciate those. Um, If you appreciate us, we appreciate that. It's a whole thing where there's a lot of appreciation going around. And that's what we do in this community. We appreciate each other. So, for now, we will catch you after what will be a great weekend of football. We hope you guys enjoy it all, and we'll talk to you on Monday.